Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, a couple days ago, I got a text from Mike Kaplan, my friend, uh, and he told me he wanted to come back on the podcast because everything had changed in his life in a wonderful way. And uh, he was a wonderful guest the first time, and I'm so, so glad I had him back on because we had a wonderful and very weird, I mean that in a good way, uh, interesting conversation, which you are about to listen to right now. So as I always say, let's get into it very quickly. I have two Largo shows coming up. If you're going to be in the Los Angeles area, one on January 25th and the other on February 21st. Tickets at largo-la.com. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Squarespace. Do you have big plans for the new year? Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique and wonderful website. You can showcase your work, blog, or publish content. Did I burp in the ad? It's a, it's a human function. You can even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. You can customize everything from the look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. So show your support for this podcast and make a website and go to squarespace.com for a free trial. Enter offer code WEIRD for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to the Pete's Picks, my wonderful Pete's Picks. Been swearing by them more, more than usual, even. Taking a lot of Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a nootropic. It's like fish food for your ideas. It's like a multivitamin for your noggin. I swear by it. I always have a couple in my pocket. I have bottles of the stuff in my car, in my backpack, in my office. Uh, I've turned so many other creative people onto it. It's not like a stimulant. It's something you take that basically gives your your brain fuel. That's the best way to put it. It doesn't keep you awake like coffee or anything like that. In fact, I take it before I go to bed sometimes to give myself trippy dreams. Anything that I do that involves my brain, about 15 minutes beforehand, I take two or three alpha brain, and I want you to try it. Go to onit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you'll automatically get 10% off your purchase of Alpha Brain, or you can try one of the MCT oils, which I've mentioned in other Pete's Picks intros here. And the other Pete's Pick is Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil, which I've really been enjoying lately. I get the Everyday Advanced Mint Chocolate Flavor. This is a hemp oil that has uh, the THC removed, leaving the CBD, the beneficial CBD oils in there. Well, the whole thing's an oil, but the CBD's in the oil. Uh, it's legal in all 50 states. Uh, this isn't like weed. It doesn't get you stoned. It doesn't get you high. It just gives you like a happy, healthy, productive glow that I swear by. You can read on it. You can watch a movie. You can hold a conversation. It's just a wonderful, healthy way to take the edge off. And I really do mean it. It just kind of smooths things out, a little quicker to laugh, a little easier to move, great for aches, pains, anxiety, stress, headaches, all those sorts of things. That's my experience with it. You can research CBD oil and the Stanley Brothers. They make the only hemp oil made for human consumption, not to be also made into pants. Hemp pants for Woody Harrelson. If you want to try it, go to cwhemp.com. Uh, is it slash weird? Valerie, is the CW Hemp website slash weird? And then, yeah, cwhemp.com slash weird. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, and then use... 
I think it's weird. But I like these, like, real moments in the intro. <laughs> A little peek now how dumb we are. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and use promo code Keep It Crispy. That's, that's how you do it. Uh, that's it, guys. I want to say thanks again to our wonderful friends at Squarespace. Guys, if you are doing something, chances are you need a website. And if you want to make a beautiful one with templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. Blog, selling stuff, showing stuff, even selling products or services of all kinds. Just a few clicks. That's all you need. You customize everything from the look and the feel to the settings and the products. Everything's ready to go for mobile right out of the box. And you can use their analytics to help you grow in real time. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Though, if you do have a question, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is here to help. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. So make it a reality with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code WEIRD for 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code WEIRD. Uh, that's it, guys. Try Pete's Pick, uh, Alpha Brain, it's Charlotte Swim. Thank you, Squarespace. Also, hope to see you at Largo on January 25th or February, I think I said 22nd. Uh, it's, it's late. It's time for bed. I'm going to bed. <laughs> In the meantime, enjoy the return of the wonderful, thoughtful, and lovely Mike Kaplan. Get into it. Baby, do you want to say get into it? Sure. You were in the closet? Get into it! That was, <laughs> you didn't have to run all the way out here. I mean, I don't even care. You could get into it or not. Who, who cares? You're fun. Oh, Mike Kaplan. How are you, man? I'm feeling good. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I don't have my earphones on. I bet you sound great. Oh, yeah. I said you I- do! <laughs> I could tell. I was like, I bet he has good radio voice right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Perfect time. Of- Why, your voice is deep. Um, yeah. That- has it always been? No, this is brand new. <laughs> I'm as surprised as you. People come in this booth all the time to assess their voice. It's uh, the, uh, you don't do it most of the most of the day. I'm not wearing headphones. Do you? Ha- <laughs> I hope not. I don't, I don't know if you know me and how I not well enough to to remember that you have a very deep voice. Oh sure. Do you have any memory of hearing your voice like on an answering machine or something? I do. Like when you'd hear it, I think it was in like sixth, seventh grade, and you'd hear it and you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just talking about that with somebody. My voice was so high. When I was young, it's still not super deep, but you know, um, when I was young, people would call me ma'am on the phone a lot. Oh, sure. When you'd have to call a department store, pre-internet, <laughs> you'd have to call Sears and say, do you have that thing I saw in the flyer? Now you can just email Sears and they write back, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> they, they're not sure about my name. That's thank, confusing. Thank you, Mrs. Pete Holmes. How dare you? How's it going, man? What are uh, you doing in L.A.? 
Uh, having fun doing podcasts. I'm so LA centric. I just assumed you lived here. Oh no, because I keep seeing you. It's true. I that's I come to LA. <laughs> my goal is just frequently enough to trick everyone. Yeah. Well, you tricked me. I and you're I'm, you're a big you're a big mark. <laughs> if you can get me, <laughs> oh, because I flap my gums a lot, <laughs> so I'll be telling a lot of people that I no, Mike lives here. I'm Definitely. pretty sure. Yeah. I knew people that would have wanted uh, area codes on their phone back when that mattered. Oh yeah. Of a certain town and stuff. But where do you live? Uh, well, my area code is two hundred one. 201. That's New Jersey, where I grew up. Okay. And I live in Park Slope, Brooklyn, mm. New York City. I live there. I lived there. Where? Uh, President and 7th. President and 7th. President Street. President, and then is that near? I was on Carroll. Isn't oh, that just further west? One over. one over. One over. One over. One over and 7th? Neighbors, except for time. <laughs> Which, who cares? We're neighbors. Exactly, yeah. T- time which isn't real, so it's great to be near you. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Then slash now. Yeah, um, I lived there. What was down there? What was the name of that restaurant? Uh, There's a restaurant on oh, yeah. Carol and Six that everyone goes to that I never cared for. Okay. What's it? It's, called, it's, something, it's the one that everybody goes to. I... It might not be anymore. And there was Mutard. Oh, I do. Yeah, that's... Do you know that, Mutard? I definitely know that. Mutard is where they shoot commercials and stuff. I think that's primarily how they stay <laughs> That's fair. Because it looks great. That's all you need. And so you're living in Park Slope. Yes. Which is lovely. Yes. What has changed? Mike Kaplan is back. Oh, yes. This is the return. Thanks for having me back. Of Mike Kaplan. I was thinking... As I always call you, <laughs> Michael Kaplan, because it just thwarts everything. I mean, it's, it's, that is my name. It is. It's, but uh, I spell it M-Y-Q-L. L. So, thank you. <clears throat> I helped you understand how you spell it. Um, on the way over here, I was chatting with our friend, Zach Sherwin, and, will surely win. Oh, I don't get it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, he's just a good guy, and he's deserving, and in the end, no, you know, his last name is history sure trends towards justice. I understand no, your no, uh, no, no, no. Oh, it does arc towards justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why the good guys will win, and also everyone will win, because everyone ultimately is, I don't want to say good. Go, <laughs> this pen has no pen in it. That's just the shell of a pen. That pen is like a hermit crab, and the inside, I'm going to write down arc towards justice. Oh, sure. Uh, and Thank so... You. Zach and I were discussing uh, that I was coming here, uh, mm. and I'm excited to do it. I was, I was remembering the first time I did the show, uh, super excited. Uh, I love talking to you, and I love the show. And, but this time I had one element of like nerves that I'm like, oh, no, I hope that I'm different and better. Like, I hope I don't say the same things. I hope I, you know, and then oh, yeah. Zach was I, Zach On was behalf like, of everybody, oh, yeah. you, no one cares. <laughs> okay, I'll, well, then here's who I was exactly <laughs> several years ago. Uh, but Zach had a great suggestion that I talk to you about this concern that I had. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's definitely not something we talked about last time. That's I, hilarious. The concern of returning was <laughs> yeah. not covered the first time. The return concern, no. That sounds like something you'd think about. That's that sounds like a through the looking glass sort of like the fear of returning was never mentioned the first time. I, like, I will tell you one, one thing that is different in my life is I started meditating mm. uh, about a year to two years ago. I mean, forever. I've always been doing it. Uh, it feels like it feels Wait, like. What do you mean? You've oh, always been doing it. I mean, you it just, just started doing it. I just feel it feels like a return to a state that you know exists and has existed, but I wasn't actively engaging with it. Yeah, but on in a literal way, you weren't meditating. That's and now correct. you are. That's correct. 
Oh, is that is that what you'd like? <laughs> just to be clear. Yes. If we could step on the linear plane. <laughs> yes, I'll do that. You just started meditating. Yes. Since then. Because uh, yeah. I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I remember, and this isn't to put you down. If I remember one thing <laughs> from every podcast, <laughs> this it's is actually quite a compliment. <laughs> I mean, if, if, I understand. if I'm to be believed. <laughs> and I vouch for myself. Yes, I will vouch. <laughs> here, here. Yes. Meaning... We've, we're closing in on 400 episodes, and... Why don't you remember everything that you talked about for thousands of hours? <laughs> I know. It's a troubling problem. I'm, <laughs> I'm worried about my brain. But uh, if I... Traditionally, sometimes I remember nothing, yes. and that's not great, and sometimes I remember one thing, and that's good. I love it. I love either. Zero and one. Both great. It's the building blocks of the universe. What we all are. Yes and no. Yes. Just flurries of yes and no oh, yeah. conspiring to stick together. Yes. We'll get to that. I know you've been doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> Just one, mostly. <laughs> Which one? Well, ayahuasca yeah. over and over. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's linear it up. <laughs> Please tell me the one thing you remember from the past, and then we'll get to the present. I'll write down yes and no, too. <laughs> Isn't it funny to be in the in the present discussing the past? It, it's kind of a weird... Like, when I'm on Mushrooms, uh, I've told this many times, so I'll, I'll put it to you. You've never it's told me. So, exactly. But they've heard it before. If they... If, uh, forget it. Yes. If we get stuck in that game, we'll never talk. No. <laughs> it's like if you're at a party and you're like, I have to have something interesting to say. You won't say anything. So just say some bullshit and get the ball rolling. So anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, when I'm on mushrooms, I took mushrooms and my friends, it, they weren't feeling it and I was. And they were um, discussing where to buy an Amazon Alexa. And I was dying laughing. <laughs> It was, it's one of my fondest memories. I put I put on my onesie pajamas, which I've, if I'm home, I'm in a onesie. Sure, I love them. Footy pajamas. So I got. I prefer two. a zero z. What's a zero z? It's like a you one. are my captain. <laughs> yeah, I think the world is like pajamas are just onesies and zero z's. You know, That's you either funny. wear something or you don't. If you're naked, you're wearing your zero z. That's correct. <laughs> but I was wearing a onesie. I'm no longer concerned about not being uh, the same. You are the same guy. Oh, and also different. And also different. Yes. Which is perfect. Ones and zeros. So I was there and, and I just couldn't – it was a very fun memory to laugh. And I'm over there going like, why don't we use our bodies? <laughs> like I was just like tumbling and like really – it's a shame that we're not fascinated with the world all the time. Obviously, we can't be this – we, we could be. Yeah. But our brains say there's so much to do. There's so much that we need to do. And when, and when they were talking about – like, anything outside of the moment made no sense whatsoever. It seemed like being at a beautiful feast and no one was eating. And I was just, like, the only one and I'm picking up the, the turkey. I'm still a vegan, too, but we're going to be, in the metaphor, I'm going to be eating the turkey leg because that's very Christmassy. Like from a video game. Yeah, from a video game that was on the ground. Yeah. And I'm eating handfuls of sweet potatoes. And I was just, like, so full of awareness, which I know we're going to get into. And I was just soaking it in. And... I think I saw a question like, where do you buy an Amazon Alexa for what it is, which is a meaningless distraction. <laughs> I love what, everything that you just said, and I'm going to add one thing to it. Yeah, because they've already heard that. I want to hear what Mike Kaplan adds to it. Uh, I would recommend buying the Amazon Alexa probably on Amazon. That's hilarious. 
You know how else you can do it? With an Amazon Alexa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can say, multiply thyself. <laughs> Alexa. Be fruitful and multiply. And it goes, yes. Yesterday, and I'm sure this is a joke that people tell because it's a thing that does happen, but I was watching a Hulu video with the sound on and the an ad came on and Alexa was called and the Alexa in the room that yeah. I was in yeah. was like, I don't understand. And I'm like, you're not supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going to seem cosmic. That's just like something you're not ready to get. Like human beings, isn't that fun? Human beings have things that are as confusing to us as a commercial for an Alexa being heard by an Alexa. That's wonderful. And that's important to remember. Yes. That's one of the things I'm sure we're about to get into, which is the appreciation and soaking in mystery and the humility and the surrender to something so huge. While we can quantify and count and stack and recreate and reproduce, and that's wonderful and, and, and important, and believe me, scientists have a deep appreciation for mystery, so deep that they want to actually like, make it their lives, dissecting and splitting and look. But then there's, there's just like – there's also the beauty of going like, I'm a dog trying to understand the internet. And so that's what you think Or I'm an Alexa. Oh, yeah. yeah. You think we're about to get into that, and so counterpoint, we're not. Here's the thing that uh, I that that was also very beautiful. I'm gonna. Oh, I, I didn't tell you my first. Yeah, keep oh, going, buddy. Oh, great, great, great. Don't let me. Uh, uh, the thing that you said. Don't about, let me be a bad host. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault if I'm a bad host. Okay, I got it. Here, here's how you'll be a great host. Listen to this. You've set me up for it. Yes. And here it is. Uh, my girlfriend uh, is a person I love and ha- brought this idea into my life. When, sometimes when we are experiencing difficulty, but I want to express to her. One time I said, "Like we, it will be okay." I wanted. I said, "It will be okay." And she was in a place where it didn't seem like it was okay. But I'm like, right. I'm optimistic. It will. Be and then she, even in that state of it seeming not okay, she said, it, is o- it will be okay because it is okay. Yeah. It is. So what we're about to get into, we're into. We're in. We're here. We're, <laughs> we're about to get into talking about the moment. The whole time you're talking, I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, that's true. I'm eating at the feast. But whether or not we can uh, well, allow me to get biblical. Oh, please. Rob Bell, help me understand the story of the prodigal son. Rob Bell, my favorite Beastie Boys song. Rob Bell, got the ill communication. (laughs) They're not saying Rob. No, they're saying Ma. How dare you? I did, as a joke, pretend they were saying something. (laughs) For fun. Yes. I wanted, uh, I had fun. You were being silly for fun. That's correct. And I liked it. Oh, yes. But for a moment, (laughs) no, I didn't believe it. Oh, I... I there was a real it. moment no, where you, oh no, okay, you were being silly Just for fun. For, I was. I doubled down on your silly <laughs> for fun with my pretending to not be silly. That's but spoiler. I'm a silly. Sometimes people in that kind of interaction where everybody's pretending and playing the same game of pretending, but at a certain point, either one person does like falls off the mountain or the roller coaster. Or like, wait, are you? Hey, we lost. Some. Yeah, yeah, we but, lost Tiffany. But it's still fun. It's fun to. It's all fun. I will this this thing. To that, I'll offer that Val and I were talking to a couple of people, and on the ride home, I was like, I want to be honest. During that conversation, a few times I pretended to understand and I didn't understand. And she was like, me too. <laughs> and that is, that is maybe the glue of relationships is those little alliances you make where you're like, I didn't know what they were saying. I didn't know either. And you just go, ah, <laughs> and you feel not alone. Oh, you definitely weren't. And also, uh, do you know Micah Sherman, my yeah. g- good friend who's a wonderful man who he, saw, he will never. Didn't you try to get him on the podcast? I might have, yeah. Yeah, with me? Yeah. Hmm. He uh, has the bit about yoga and the single piece of quinoa on his toe? I don't think that's true. 
No? I don't know what that is. Micah is your guy. Yes. Who am I thinking of? There's I, another guy in Boston who's very quirky. Oh. Forget it. Quinoa in the toe. Don't know. I, uh, well, he's going to listen to this and be like, shit. <laughs> I, I know you know who he is. Okay. He's a super, he, he has like long red hair. Hmm. This is stupid. <laughs> I know who yeah. Micah Sherman is. He plays in your group. Yes. Yeah. What, what is the name of that? Uh, Micah and Mike. Micah and Mike. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can remember because it's our names. So <laughs> Micah and I are very good friends from Boston for over 10 years. And a thing that he does, he, mm. he mostly does improv now and acting, not stand-up anymore. And yeah. one, of, one of the ways that he has an improv and in life is when he doesn't understand something, he says it. And Like, if he's in a group of people and people are like, hey, you know that, you know that thing that we all know? And right. then where right. most people will be like, of, of course, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out whatever, whatever the thing is. Like, that restaurant that, that everybody goes to. I'm like, yeah. I don't know that restaurant. And that's my being inspired by Micah to not just go along and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure I'll ca- – oh, no, everybody's, everybody's gone. Every, so I think it's powerful. Like, people are afraid to not – to admit that they don't know something. That's a thing that is a fear, but it's actually more powerful when I see Micah being like, I don't, I don't know that. Can you explain that to me? Right. Like, I had a teacher like that also in, co- uh, in college who – when sometimes uh, another teacher would be like, can you, yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. And then, you know, roll whatever you said, whatever bullshit you said into the actual lesson and be like, yeah, at, right this way, like shepherding you. But this other teacher who's like Micah, if I said something that I was like, this, is this a thing? And the teacher would be like, I actually don't understand what you're saying. Can you describe it better? And I was like, definitely not. I just made it up. I think that's very interesting. It's almost like you anticipated my counterpoint because while I can appreciate the lesson that Micah is teaching us mm-hmm. and I've actually done that, mm-hmm. here's how I I do it. Sure. People come up to me sometimes and they go, hey. And I go, I'm sorry. I'm very bad at remembering people. And I actually say this. I go, I've, I've decided to stop pretending I recognize people. Sure. I think that's great. I don't, and I don't say it as a jerk thing. And I, I, maybe I don't say it as the first thing. I just go, please, I'm so sorry. Can you remind me? 99% we haven't met. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so- I'm like – Come on! Somebody waved to me through the the window at the improv last night, so like friendly and vigorously yeah. that I was like, I don't recognize that person. And, and then they come up to me and they're like, I'm Laura. I we've yeah. never met. Yes, that's right. So you pr- save yourself. So I'm with Micah yes. on that one. I'm also with your professor because I. It's like what I was saying about saying some bullshit at a party to get things rolling. To get the There's ball rolling. Yeah. Very distinctly human yeah. and actually skillful mm-hmm. about not understanding and sa- sailing your, your casting your lure yes. into the future sure. and going, I don't understand, but I bet I will understand. Sure. And when that doesn't work, then maybe we step into Micah's shoes. That sounds great. I like sometimes it slows down the flow. Both things, ones and zeros. Yes, exactly. But also the one point, the zero point five. Yes, and I will say <laughs> the thing that I say, which this is, I want to let you know that it's going to seem like a serious thing, but it's definitely only a silly joke. This isn't true. But now I want to get back into the character, pretending that I'm saying a serious thing. Here it is: uh, <laughs> when I meet a person and I don't recognize them, and they act like, then they they do know me. I'll, I will say to their face, "New phone, who dis." <laughs> <laughs> to their face. Yeah. <laughs> I'll write it on a piece of paper and hand it to them and say I'm texting you. <laughs> and then I'll walk away and say I'm blocking you. I like it. it. If only I could block people in real life. Am I right? So much of early stand-up is if only you could do that in real life. You know what I mean? That's and like- then so much of science is like, let's do that. <laughs> let's try. Let's make a Black Mirror episode about that. That's funny. <laughs> so anyway, to get all biblical on you, mm. It's brief. I'm much more biblical now than I ever was. Oh, I'll write down more biblical. Please. I won't forget that. Meaning I have more sex. (laughs) 
You mean you have being you know in, people biblically? That's what I was implying, but the actual truth is that I am engaging with uh, the Bible, li- religious texts more. Yes. Are you getting into your own tradition? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Isn't it fun? And others, yes. Oh yeah, no. The I, human tradition. I, I wouldn't ex- expect someone as as woke as you to uh, necessarily just go to one. I don't know why. Maybe maybe that doesn't mean you're woke. It just means I expect oh, that from you. Do you know the? And I'll let you do your thing, but just if you want to write down, you don't have to. I, I won't tell you what to write down. Son. Uh, the, it's already written down. The I, you could write down my thing as well, and then we could do yeah. yours, and then mine, and then we'll never do any. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> and then we'll never do any. The great aw- promise. <laughs> yeah, we definitely won't do any. This is nothing. Uh, by the end, we'll do one. The wall with a bunch of holes through it, beyond which is the light or source or God or love or universal truth. Wall with holes? Yes. I wrote down wall with holes. Perfect. Would you like to hear it now or later? Ramdas talks about a slide projector. Oh, sure. Yeah. Different guy. Different guy? Oh, yeah. And who told you Then this wall, yeah. The wall idea is? Is uh, a rabbi that Zach Sherwin told me about. Uh-huh. Yeah. Zach Sherwin? Oh, yeah. Knows rabbis? He knows a couple. It's a Jewish joke. Do you know that his mother's a rabbi? No. What fun. He's of a rabbi. He's of a rabbi. Yes. So is my writer's assistant, Yoni, male oh. dad rabbi. Oh. Love a good rabbi. It's interesting because, uh, Zach, <laughs> so Zach came out of Love a rabbi's a rabbi. Yoni. That's funny. Yeah. He came from a Yoni. Yeah. Born of a Yoni. Yeah. Uh, no, tell it now. Uh, so as I understand, uh, this is my take on this sort of parable that there's this, you know, the universe, the, the truth of everything as accessed by any, you know, any tradition, any faith, any, each hole in the wall, there's this wall beyond which is the truth. Is light. Yeah. Is God, is love, is all. Whatever, is, is. Is, is. Can I interject? Love. When the Old Testament God said, my name is I am, mm-hmm. I always thought he was being cheeky. Ha. Like he was like, what's my name? My name is uh, my name. <laughs> and now I'm like, he's saying, I am, I am. Yeah. I am being. Then why didn't anyone explain? Maybe they tried. They are right now. They are explaining, like you're explaining that to me right you're now. You're explaining it to me. I know, but I, that's, you're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> I meant that in the real way. You just I, tickled that part of your brain that likes it. Sure. Um, I mean, I do believe that. Because I am. Yeah. yeah. Go yeah. ahead, buddy. Yeah. We are all God. I hear you. Yes. And I'm with you. So we're all a piece of this one thing. That's correct. I, I, I've been tripping out lately on the idea that we're these masses of molecules. And I already said this on an episode recently, so forgive me for repeating it. But it's like a I forgive you. the nucleus of an atom. If it were the size of an apple, the nearest electron, which would be a sugar cube, would be two kilometers away. And th- so that's how much empty space is between the, m- the middle and the electron. And we're made of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I already said this, but I- I'm hearing it again, too. So if people – I'm almost done. If anyone's listening, he's like, he just said this on the last What's your episode. fan base like, Pete? It's like people who are mad that I keep saying stuff. I know. I hope not. I get mad when Alec Baldwin on Here's the Thing repeats the story, but it's because I'm projecting, and I'm like, I do that too. So anyway, we are like these symphonies of fish or birds. Correct. Or tennis balls. I accept. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's a conspiracy to keep me together. I'm waving my arms like an octopus right now. Oh, yeah. And they're all agreeing for reasons unknown. Yeah. Uh, Bill Nye on this podcast said matter is atoms repelling each other. Sure. And I go, why? And he goes, we don't know. And I'm like, my dick just got hard. Oh, I yeah. love it. It's, uh, you know, my, my science dick. I'm listening, and I'm also readying uh, a thing from my phone to read to you, if I, I may. I can't wait. Okay. Please so all, my whole point is, in this conspiracy of like a, a swarm of hornets that are molecules, <laughs> uh, in, somewhere in that lies consciousness. 
And that, to me, is the inherent miracle of all things that makes me go, there's a light and we're all sharing it. Yes. Right? It's true. And this is something that is backed up through plants. We'll get into ayahuasca. Oh, yes. But people on ayahuasca saw – this sounds like I'm misquoting the the guy who invented – uh, the double helix of DNA took a lot of acid, so that turned into a story that he took acid and saw the double helix, and that's where he got it. That's not true, according to Duncan. Mm. What is true, according to a new book uh, about ayahuasca, is that they saw on ayahuasca in the jungle, they had the fundamental building blocks of humanity as spirals and double helixes. So they were seeing shit. Can plants teach us stuff? And are they teaching us ideas like that? So what are you going to read? Okay, uh, there's a, a program called Google Boomerang, which I use. What is it? Uh, it allows you to do two different things. One is, uh, if I send you an email uh, and I want to know whether you've written back by a certain time, like without keeping track myself, I can put a little note at the bottom of it that says, if you haven't written back to me in two weeks or a month or a year or by 2,562, mm. I put that, and then if you haven't written back to me by that time, it'll boomerang the email back to my inbox at that time. I'm like, oh, I'll check in again. I see. So if you were trying to, say, get booked on this podcast, correct? you don't want to nag me, but you also don't want to forget, and you don't want to do it too quickly, so you let a computer go. Yes. All right, he's deciding that six weeks later, it's okay to say, hey, yes, what happened? And the other thing that Boomerang can but do... But it doesn't automatically yeah. nag. It reminds you... It reminds me, yes. Not, and not nag. Correct. You know what I mean. I do. I can get biblical here. 100%. Jesus says prayer is like asking your neighbor for something, but he's asleep. So you have to keep knocking and knocking and knocking. It's really interesting. I like it. Yeah. Nag, nag. We didn't even get bi- – I got that. No, we're, we're, we still got it. I'll get real bi- – I'm getting real New Testament. I'll try and work in some of – It's I like, I like, new, I like I old, old and new. The First Testament. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my professor called it. No, time, time is meaningless, so old and new don't mean anything. I know. Well, uh, I'm going to write down deep time. I, I call bet them- you're a good guy to talk about with deep time. Please. I've been, I've been wanting someone. To I call them about. This Testament and That Testament. That's very funny. Uh, starting now. It doesn't now. matter which is which. <laughs> yeah. That's a very right-on idea. It's like the, the term grok. You know what grokking is? I do. I bet you do, you fucking rascal. <laughs> I didn't always grok, but one time I eventually grokked what grokking was. Yes. Yeah. Grokking means if an idea and you were chopped up and put into a soup, you would grok that idea. Yeah. And, or if an idea was in a soup and you ate it or the soup ate you, it's so consuming and merging with an idea yes. that it transcends intellect and it's just in your bones. So grokking – so anyway, we're talking about things that you grok. You don't understand them necessarily. Yeah. In the way that you understand a pie chart, read your thing. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm excited. You never have to be sorry. That's to me right now. (laughs) You never have to be sorry to me right now, for sure. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that Google Boomerang can do is I can send an email. I can program it to send it at a specific time. So if I'm up at three in the morning and I want to send you an email, but I don't want you to know that I sent it at three in the morning, I get it. Send this at ten tomorrow. So things that I do with that is sometimes I will send myself uh, an email full of loving words into mm. the into the future uh-huh. and so and this was one that i then shared with i liked it so much i was like hey look at the love i shared with me other people that i love and i shared it with some other people and then so it's about what i wrote to myself and then to other people and then what one of those people wrote back which is about a thing that you just said so act, I, act one yes me mails <laughs> emails you send yourself I, that's great me mails is that's you're welcome. You're me. Uh, <laughs> I can channel you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not well. Uh, no. That sounds condescending. No. You're the king. You, 
But I like what you do, and We're, I like playing in your sandbox. You, but it's your box. It's all. It's all of our box. I understand. Yeah. But I, there's a way. I understand. Keep box. going. Yeah. <laughs> I understand box. Okay. You just showed how you're the best. <laughs> now go ahead. Uh, I love you, me. You are me, and I am you. But also, we are different. I'm different molecules. I love these, and I love those. Your molecules. Good molecules, I hope. I hope you love them. They're deserving of love. Because everything is. Everything does. You know that. Or you have. When you were me, you probably still do. Have things changed? I bet they've not. I'm not a betting man, unless I've changed into one. This is fun. You're having fun. You did and do and are and will. Fun can and does exist. Fun and love. I love you, me. I thank you, us. Love, love, love. Good work today and all days. You're doing it. So... I sent that to my friend Jacob, who's a physicist. Can we can we interject the idea that sure. your molecules are swapping out? So oh. you're absolutely right. And so... So do you know the rate at which they swap out? I'll tell you in this next email a thing that I learned. So these the, the email is answering the question that you didn't know... That uh, you were going to ask. And I have. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know they do. Oh, yes. In, in fact, go ahead. Jacob, the physicist, my friend, says, Thanks, uh-huh. Mike. That was lovely. One of the exciting slash disturbing things that I've learned from physics is that our constituent elementary particles, electrons, quarks, etc., are constantly in flux, with particles appearing, disappearing, and changing places with identical particles all the time. We're not made of the same elementary particles from moment to moment. However, the rules of quantum field theory miraculously ensure that this subatomic churn washes slash averages out nearly perfectly and that macroscopic objects like people look, on average, essentially the same <laughs> on the time scale of seconds or minutes. And so when one understands how rainbows form, it just makes them seem all the more unlikely and therefore marvelous. Wow. So that is... Wonderful words behind the idea that everything's a miracle. Oh, yeah. And it really does make an unpleasant meal with your family so much. It changes that perspective. Oh, all the, uh, my – so the things that have changed for me recently, you know, that are all kind of related since we've – you know, I've done more ayahuasca ceremonies. I've done more meditating. I've, you know, read more just, you know – things about everything. I've engaged more with my my girlfriend now who also encourages me to think these ways where I used to, like with my mother, I'd go to lunch with my mother and I'd want to bring other people to be like, look, now it's a thing for all of us. It's not just me and my mother. Wait, your mother was like this? Uh, My mother wasn't. My mother in this story is just a person who I would, you know, have lunch with as an obligation. Oh, I understand. Excuse me. And so, for some reason, yeah. I thought you were saying my mom is also very deep and trippy. Oh no, I mean, I'm Micahing you right now. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that you now understand. Being like Micah, I grok the idea of Micahness. <laughs> uh, you definitely do. But I didn't think I was going to get it. I think it was over. So if the anecdote is over and you still don't understand, oh, go yeah. ahead and put on those Micah boots. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so your girlfriend encourages you've done some contemplation, you've done some meditation, and you've done some hallucination. Yes, and I, so I love now bringing my girlfriend to lunch with my mom, and so we both have the experience. Now it's like a brand new experience because I love being with my girlfriend, and mm. also now I love being with my mom in a different, new, like deeper way. Like you just mentioned, unpleasant meals with family. Yeah, like these meals were never unpleasant, but they were in some some sense, you know, an obligation. Right. And I wasn't like you know, if my mom would have lunch with me way more times than I would, uh, on my own schedule, choose to have lunch with her. Right. Uh, whereas, like, some friends, some people in my life that, you know, my chosen family, uh, my logical family, I would be like, oh, if you're free... <laughs> Biological and logical. Oh, yeah, I didn't make that up. You but didn't? It's, no, it's good. That's very good. Yes. 
Uh, I forget who it is. Whoever you are, great work. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. The Adams you are should know that the Adams you were uh, said something good. Oh, yeah. So, I mean. And these Adams remember. They might have been the same. See, that's the trip, man, is these Adams are remembering things. I've been doing this on stage lately. As I go, remember when I, like, I'll be on stage for 20 minutes. And I go, take a moment. Remember when I came out? What are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing that? Like, there's a thing, a conspiracy of Adams. It can remember a thing. And I understand. Like, a Conspiracy of Atoms is a great name for an album. <laughs> I like Atoms for Peace, sure. which is Tom York's thing. It's like, we're a group of Atoms that are for peace. Oh, yeah, you should call your album that. Atoms for <laughs> I like Conspiracy, because that implies a little bit. So anyway, what I'm saying is, when you write that email to yourself, and it was beautiful. Thanks. It, you're saying, hey, Mike, way to be Mike. And there is something about the, uh, the lawful unfolding of me that leads to a deep self-love when we kind of we don't i'm not an expert on free will and stuff but i am housed in this hardware i'm an expert on stuff but not free will (laughs) i know some stuff but not free will um but the idea that i I, i'm under the illusion that i'm operating with agency but really i have all these overwhelming urges and emotions and feelings that kind of are pushing me a certain way but you can step back from that and appreciate, not just with yourself, but that your mother is killing being Mrs. Kaplan. Right oh, yes. Now. And that's, that's a shift. You know what helps, just practically speaking, is eye contact. I know that's weird, but I realized last time I was home that I don't look my parents in the eye very hmm. much. I, I don't mean – Val and I – That's great. Lock on like a, like a UFO – abducting a person like there's a connection and it's established you're abducting each other we abduct one another and we witness one another i don't mean to get all churchy you probe one another we probe well we do but also (laughs) bearing witness to each other and going like i see you but i I not only just see you i see you seeing me and i if i can be still enough um we can really trip out on that and with mothers you can apply that same sort of love that you have for yourself i'm being perfectly Pete Holmes, flaws and all, panic and all. I believe Thich Nhat Hanh said, keep your, um, keep your panic warm. I don't know if you use the word panic. I like that. But there's something about going like loving all of it is a big thing for me. It just sounds like ego stuff, but I actually think it transcends ego stuff. And you go like, I just like a flower growing or a storm brewing or a waterfall or whatever. I'm being me really well. And yeah. you're being you really well, and my mom's being my mom really well. Some of the gestures that you were making were sort of like circles. You were yeah. like, when you were talking about you and Val making eye contact, and mm. I was just at lunch with an ex-girlfriend who's my friend now. Uh, <laughs> ex-friend, current, uh, ex-girlfriend, current friend. <laughs> ex-friend, current girlfriend. We don't like each other anymore, but we're dating. Uh, yeah, ex-girlfriend, current friend. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she was telling me about her new boyfriend, uh, who I'm happy that she's happy with, and that they had an experience where they were like just lying in bed, looking into each other's eyes, mm. listening to music, for and just stare like deeply, I think yeah. she said maybe for 10 minutes, and that it felt like a thing that I've heard Ram Dass talk about, about, you know, she, uh, the, uh, so he's this, me, um, I was like, you brought him up earlier today. It's my new bit. Whenever someone says, I've been doing it a couple episodes now. I love a good who. I actually, here's another joke that's similar to a joke that I already made, but it's slightly different and relevant now, is when, like, I met a, uh, a person who I know who I didn't have her phone number at a party last night. I was like, we should have each other's phone numbers. Uh, and so I, she gave me her number. I typed a message to her. I said, you are Renee. And then she wrote back, great. And then I wrote, who dis? 
That's so funny. It's fun to do. That's really funny. So, uh, in really funny. the Ramdas thing that I'm alluding to is that deep down, and this is obviously not just a Ramdas thing because deep down we are all the same is or isness or lack or right. you know zeros and ones like the center of the bicycle wheel. You know, that, the wheel. Yeah, and so that she felt that he and that they were connecting like at the top, looking in you know looking into each other's eyes, but then also deep. Deep within, the, you know, seeing into each other, so that it was sort of like this shooting back, unbroken circle, just all the way right up and down, that. like a camera, <coughs> a camcorder with a live feed, and then you point the camera at the live. Oh feed, yeah, and it just starts going wow 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 wow. That's really great. And have you heard of holons? No. My girlfriend brought this concept to me. Uh, there's a book about the title has in it spirituality, sexuality, sexuality and ecology. Mm. Maybe in that order, I forget which exactly. But it talks of holons being H O L O N. As I understand it, I'm not perfectly aware of it all, but the Free idea that yeah. holons were <laughs> oh here we are we're in the dark <laughs> yeah not an expert <laughs> that okay so the concept is though that we are made of smaller things and then we comprise bigger things that you know we're not the biggest we're not the smallest and nothing is the biggest and nothing is the smallest because everything keeps going you're right in my brain by the way holons all the way up holons all the way down like yeah. turtles but holons right and so and that the idea that you yeah. know everything you know galaxies look like molecules uh, and so all that stuff. And yes. What? That was actually a reference in Iron Man 3. I've been watching a lot of superhero movies lately. I sure. don't know why. You're I, I do know why, actually. <laughs> I, I find them comforting in this weird way. Simple and comforting. Sure. Uh, there's the part where they show the, the, the galaxy, and then they show the human brain, and they're like, oh, it's strange that they're very, very similar. Oh, yeah. It's like snuck in there. <laughs> like a little Iron Man 3 Easter egg where you're like, yeah, that's true. The movements of... Atoms look a little bit like the galaxy. Our brains look like the galaxy. All that sort of stuff. Yes. And speaking of Ramdas. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you about the, Can wall, I, I the gotta... wall with holes after you tell me this. Yes. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Holons. Yes. So Hold on. Hold on. Hold on one second. Horton, here's a hold on. Uh, I had that one ready and I just said it. <laughs> you know when you just drop a joke on the floor? Of course. But not in a bad way. It just splashes and everyone's enjoyed it. Then may I tell you one that I didn't say earlier? Yes. When you said, say some bullshit to get the ball rolling? Yeah. I just wanted to say bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. I loved it. Thank you. I'm glad you did. I'm glad to now. I'm scrolling through movies and I see Godzilla. Oh my God. Did you get out safely? I did. And then you watched your movie later? <laughs> you son of a bitch. I saw the movie Godzilla and I was like, it's funny. I might have been stoned. I was. And um, I was like, it's funny. We have our lives, and then we go big, Godzilla. We go, we're the big. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what if there's a bigger? And I go, oh, no, there's something bigger. <laughs> then I go, okay, well, what about smaller? We go, we do have small. Contagion, movies about viruses. Viruses are tiny Godzillas. Yeah. And they're also killing us. That's it's great. the same thing. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, that's what it is. It goes in and out, and we apply arbitrary, like, ants – are doing their ant thing. And even your cells are doing their cell thing. Sometimes I feel like energies of personalities remind me of cells. And the, nest- the way that Micah sometimes interrupts and then how sometimes we half Micah and wait to learn, I feel like that's kind of mimicked down to our fundamentals. That there are some particles that are like, I gotta be me! And there are some particles that are like, I'm gonna hang back. And that's how the whole world goes. And we can go in or out but we go, we're very us-centric, and we go, our narratives matter, and others don't. And I apply this all the time. I'll rescue a moth or a spider from my house. That's nice. But I might step on a, a tick. I understand. Like when Val is killing ticks off of Brody, I don't go, hey, 
right? Brody, your, na- your neighbor? Brody is our neighbor. Yeah, yeah, He's thank homeless. You, thank you. But he does live in the heap next to our home. I said it badly. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, I just like stumbled over the words. So, oh, yeah. no, I liked it. Thank you. But you know what I'm saying is like, and everybody does this constantly. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying to assign values. Oh, yeah. And our values don't really work because it's either all equal, which is very unpleasant because then we have to be accountable for everything. Or we tell ourselves a story that we're more important, and that's very com- com- comforting. Can I tell you a, a thing that you reminded me of that I also reminded me of? I'm also going to bring you back to Ramdas. Of course. I mean, and it's Don't just, forget the viruses are small Godzillas. Yes. This is a free podcast. What fun. I love it. I just complimented my own idea. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I'll compliment you also. A thing that I like, I like that you've that. done a couple times is you you sort of like evolved over the course of like several sentences of like evolving the truth like towards you know becoming what actually is one example is you're like I've been watching superhero movies I don't know why I do know why (laughs) I do know why yeah the truth is I'm embarrassed why of course sometimes the world is so complicated I just want a story about a man who builds an iron suit to fight a bad guy I understand I mean and what you want it's a story about comforting yourself it is yeah and I do find inspiration in tackling the frightening thing. And, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I can't think of it. But like building yourself up. Sure. Like nerving yourself almost. I accept. To challenge the scary thing. So uh, I met a woman recently, a new friend named Laura, who told me a story that I'm like, I'm like, you should tell that story on stage. She's a comedian. Uh, and so like, I'm just telling your story on every podcast I go on. Uh, Great. I, and just to every person. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, just, that's all I do now. That's yeah, fine. Uh, I just, what's your last name? Because I want to make sure to never have her on. Sure. Because this is as Perfect. good as it gets. Her name is Laura Clark. I'm just kidding. It's Laura funny. Clark. How yeah. lovely. She's great. Uh, so she told me a story when she was a child that she uh, was in kindergarten, first grade, some, some young grade, uh, listening to the teacher, looking at the teacher, and then over the course of uh, the time period, whatever, whatever the story's about, mm. uh, the tallest girl in the class stumbles in front of her like just sort of you know just meanders like not on purpose not trying to block her but ends up right in front of her blocking her view ruining in her mind her the experience she's like hey you know and so she sort of you know yells like makes a makes a big deal about it like throws a hand like hey i'm you know and then the teacher looks sees her there and then points behind her and shows her that she was standing in front of the shortest girl in the class the whole time oh she was watching the teacher, and behind her was a short person. Having the exact same experience that she started having when the tall girl stood in front of her, yeah. Godzilla in front of her, a virus behind her. <laughs> and we almost always only see or think about the, the big thing in our way, the thing in front of us, right. as opposed to thinking about the people who would be happy to be where we are. Right, 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 right. This is, this is I think, what, one of the things that makes like, – that makes me think of little people and the way that we put down – Little people, you know, and, and tease like oh uh, yes, uh, just the and also minorities. The way that we're always trying to vilify groups so we can calm ourselves down. That's not to say we should keep doing it. By the way, no, it has a calming thing, but it's so toxic. The momentary calm is replaced by this avalanche of negativity. Oh yeah, we can we can both be appreciative of where we are and strive to help other people who have less. Uh, right have more yeah that's a good that's a trippy thing one of her short person behind you when you're upset that someone's blocking you yeah or when human beings are so stupid i just said this yesterday (laughs) when when you need to get led into traffic and you are you will let someone else into traffic in the next three minutes we're so transparent does that make sense yes and you're trying to make a right they let you in you're going to let someone in yes because you remember 
but how quickly we forget that there's a short person behind us. It's true. The the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend that I mentioned earlier, uh, told me she listened to a Buddhist podcast. I don't know which one, but it said uh, when you're in was traffic. It just empty, like yeah. white noise? Oh, yeah, yeah. There was uh, no podcast. There's no girlfriend. There's no me. There's no you. Uh, but also, in this linear world, uh, she said the, the recommendation was if you're upset in traffic, uh, look at the people behind you and see you know where you've been and then send them love. Uh, and then be like, oh, yeah, we're, I was you. We're the same. And then the harder part, look at the people ahead of you and be like, send them love as well. Yeah. Because we are all on this trajectory. Well, Ramdas talks about doing things not for the reward. Oh, you yeah. You just do them because you're lawfully unfolding. That's kind of like what we were talking about. Like yes. I'm being perfectly. So he would say when he would teach, he's just doing it because that's what he does. Alan Watts says, I'm like a stream flowing down a mountain. It's just what it does. If a deer comes and drinks from me, I'm glad, but that's not why I was doing it. And there's something kind of beautiful about that. Uh, I do like that. What were you going to say about holes? Uh, the holes in the wall. No. So on the other side of the wall, as you'll recall, is the universal truth of everything. Uh, and each hole in this wall represents, and, there's, and it's, you know, it's light. Each hole in this wall represents some way of getting to that. It could be, you know, each religion, each faith tradition, yoga, ayahuasca, uh, any, you know. They're all holes. Atheism, everything's a hole. And so if you're looking, if you're back far enough, you see like a little light coming from all the holes. You're like, oh, I see all the ways, all, all those things that sort of have the dim light coming through it. But the closer you get, the more you have, have to, theoretically, uh, maybe not, but you at one point you can only be if you're right up against the wall, looking through one hole and getting like this full on blast through that hole's shape, and be like, "Oh wow, Judaism really has some stuff to it." But if you were looking through another hole, you're like, "Oh wow, Buddhism really has some stuff through it." Right, uh, and it's it's all true. It's all there's there's some, but by virtue of soaking in the light. To do that, you have to be so close that you can't see the other holes. Theoretically, but also, I, so I think that was the idea that the rabbi was putting forth, that, you know, it's good to engage very fully and deeply with one tradition. But in my understanding of it also, I'd be like, well, and also, you know, get, get one and then uh, move down, check out another one. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I, that's right on. Uh, Reza, Reza Aslan, when he did this podcast, said that the Buddha said that when you want water, you don't dig a six-foot well. No, you don't dig six one-foot wells. You dig one six-foot well. Mm. And that sounds like the same yeah. sort of idea. Oh, that's right. It wasn't a wall. It was a well. It was a well? No, no. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But the word well and wall are very, very similar. Very similar. Yeah. And boo and moo and where are the ghost cows. <laughs> um, so uh, Ramdas also talks about that. He, uh, but this isn't his point. It's a Chinese philosopher that says when you have a thorn stuck in your foot – we use a thorn to get that thorn out. Oh, that's nice. Use another thorn. But then you throw both away. So it's the idea that the thorn is the method to get the thing unstuck, but then you're, you don't replace it with another thorn. Ideally, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, like, any decent method, any method worth following will have the decency to self-destruct when you're done. Hmm. But a lot of times we start identifying with our method. And sure. this, is, this is maybe the fundamental teaching around us that really makes sense to me is he says, you don't want to be Jewish, you want to be free, which, which is right on. But sometimes being free means being really Jewish. And, <laughs> and then there's, of course, you know, the before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water, after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. But everything's different. Yeah. That's, that's the seems to be the story that everybody tells. Yeah. Is you're here and you go on this long journey to come back that you didn't go anywhere. And, but also you could see it as, you know, seeing it move, moving around in a circle, but also potentially a spiral. Now you're up a 
up a little bit higher. Right. You're at the same place. Now you're in traffic looking behind you and, and sending love. You have greater perspective. But you were, you're still in traffic. Yes. You didn't get we, some sort of... Do you like the idea that we... Uh, I, I forget whose joke this is or idea, but it resonates a lot, is uh, we're not in traffic. We are traffic. I love that. Yeah. I, l- I have a bit about traffic where I yell, where are you going? Uh, which I think is very fun. I have a, one of my uh, big I, – I don't like to say that I have pet peeves. I like to say that I don't have pet peeves. But if I did have pet peeves, then one of my pet peeves would be having pet peeves, which is why I have to go through all of this to get to one of my pet peeves would also be unnecessary honking. Sure. Like that – it just adds noise to the world. And it's sort of just a thing like you ever see – I'll sometimes see like a line of cars at a red light. It turns green and the eighth car honks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you think you know that – the second car doesn't know. Right. Like, give the second car a chance to honk if it's going to. Right. And then give another second for the third. Like, let there be, like, one second per car. And if in eight seconds nobody moved, like, oh, there was a lady crossing the street with a stroller. Right. Like, you didn't, yeah. You didn't know. You can't see. Right. The drama of cars and traffic is, it's kind of all in there. Yes. Like, the guy honking and then you, you I've, I've been the person that honks. And then saw that there was a baby stroller in front of the car that I was honking at. I think we've all done that. It's very, very interesting. It's hard to surrender. But then sometimes I was just thinking today, I was like, I was having a fake argument in my head, as we all do sometimes. You were not. I was too. I believe you. Now there's a real argument. But I was just kind of thinking, if somebody was mean to me, I would say like, you know, you being mean to me isn't helping us get where we want to go. And then I was kind of like, it's interesting because it isn't being mean. For me, it was always something to be avoided. Don't be mean. Sure. And don't honk. I'm not a honker. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, do these people know something I don't? Do they know that just by honking or yelling or getting frustrated that they're letting some sort of demon out that would otherwise fester and turn into I just had a great idea. an outbreak? Uh, a mach- I don't know if this will work. It'll only work for people who want this, but for the people who want the release of honking, because sometimes honking is for danger and you need to do it to the outside world, but the idea of honking to just release that, you know, that anger, that energy that could be valuable and comforting, but also then makes everybody else, you know, more anxious and puts different, you know, noise, inner and outer into the world. Right. Uh, But to have something in your car that can, like, make it feel like you're honking and make it seem like it's going outside the car, but it only exists in the car. You have earbuds for your horn. Just comes through your radio. (laughs) Ah. I, you're reminding me that one time I was with a girlfriend, we ended up breaking up. She was very comfortable with honking and being angry. Sometimes she would lean over and honk for me, which is kind of like oh, no. the explanation I of don't. the whole relationship. That's yes. the summation of it. The- but one time we were at the Grove and we were behind somebody and it was an old woman and she was waiting for a spot. And my girlfriend at the time was very righteous. Things were either right or wrong. And she was like, you're supposed to move to the left. If you're going to wait for a spot, move over. I understand that. And that's true. Yeah. This was kind of one of those iffy situations where there would be barely any room. You'd really have to be very vigilant and thoughtful to go, okay, there's a spot. I'm going to get as close as I can. Anyway, so I understand both sides. But uh, she leaned over and honked for me. And I remember saying, I was like, "That's, that's my mom. Because my mom is the old lady at the, oh, yeah. at the structure waiting for the spot. And that's kind of my point is I'm also the old lady in the structure waiting for the spot. Oh, yeah. And being honked at, there's just – I mean we're acting like we're swimming in opportunities to be graceful and to show compassion. Oh, yeah. And we are, but also we're not. There aren't that many opportunities to, quote, unquote, do the right thing. Like to lay your head on the pillow and go, what did I do today that was completely optional? Well, I didn't honk at that old lady. That's exactly. what I did. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like yeah. I – 
I was an instrument not of justice, of honk justice. I was an instrument of what Rob Bell would call profound unfairness. I was being unfairly loving. And we love unfair love. I like that. That's why they don't make any very, very, very few TV drama uh, that I've seen at least. I'm not an expert. Hold on. <laughs> um, where, from the perspective of the prosecution, if you watch a, a TV drama about a case, typically it's from the perspective of the people defending the people because we get – and I, again, I could be wrong. So let's just say I tend to get more invested in the idea of how are we going to prevent this person from getting the death penalty. Oh, yeah. Like we watched the Menendez one and I was like – this is kind of a trippy thought. The prosecution was really – the Menendez trial, no spoilers, it's a well-known trial. You know, they were molested and raped by their father and their mother and they killed them. And then they were in the retrial or whatever, they weren't allowed to mention any of the abuse. Yowza. And then the the prosecution, oh, it was the sentencing trial. So the judge doesn't decide who gets the death penalty when the death penalty is an option, apparently. There's a sentencing trial. So they've already been found guilty of first-degree murder. Now there's a separate trial where they're going to decide whether or not they get the death penalty. And the prosecutor, it's his job. Think about this now. It's his job to go up and convince a jury to kill these two people. And I understand <laughs> there's – so there's a part of us that loves justice and they murdered their parents and we should get them. But I'm also like, this guy is kind of a murderer. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? There's, he yeah. is trying to – he's using the same type of skills that we have as orators, yeah. as public speakers and persuasive people. He's using his charm, his intellect and his persuasiveness. Come on. You want to these say, people to be dead? These yeah. people murdered their parents. They deserve this fate. They, I urge you to go – and I was like – in a cosmic justice, is this guy a murderer? If he had been better at his job, because they didn't get the death penalty, if that guy had been better, they would have. Who's, I know the executioner wears a mask, but how many masks need to be worn to cover up the, crime, the cosmic crime scene of two people being murdered by the state? Seems like all of them. It seems like we should all be wearing masks, because yeah. even the jury has to be like, well, he really... Think about Those are that. the rules. He convinced yeah. me. Yeah. He reminded me that that's our society. And and even though there was abuse, they still murdered somebody. Uh, so we should murder them. It's a crazy thing. It's like how I talk about people are okay with prison rape. I had a bit about this for a while. It's like I'm anti-rape. Is that who's anti-rape? Everybody claps. I go. I mean all rape, including prison rape. Everybody has this weird blind spot where they're kind of pro-prison rape. Oh yeah. They're certainly less anti-it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Where it's like if you're on the other side of a crime, then rape okay? And I'm not saying – most people, if you break that down, they'll kind of be like, well, I, I, I was wrong. But we have in our culture a lot of don't drop the soap. You know what I'm saying? Like a oh, lot of like wink, yes. wink, don't worry. Jared Fogel, who is a fucking bad person, is being raped. I'm like I don't take any comfort in Jared Vogel or anybody. Yeah. More being harm. Being raped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's that you It's crazy know. that you yeah. have to say yeah. But as I'm saying this There are people that are like No, if you're a big enough monster You deserve unregulated rape Meaning nobody raping in prison goes This guy deserves three a month You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just oh, completely yeah. up to the prison yard I mean, and I'm not gonna, I won't even specifically get into Extensive discussions of how many people are actually innocent in jail right. so that right. if you're like, yeah, this is all happening to all the people there, like there's definitely 
people who didn't do anything, quote unquote, wrong or bad to deserve to be there. They don't deserve that. Nobody deserves like that's not part of the punishment. That's not part of the crime. That's not part of what our society is. like. In fact, that's what a society is. is We go like, okay, we have a human need for justice. We do. We need it and we love it. But it needs to be regulated. There's a uh, the same Laura Clark, uh, who I mentioned earlier, sent me. Uh, a link Stop to mentioning I'm her. so sorry uh, <laughs> she told me about a woman who is working uh, to f- fight the death penalty in California mm. and I read an interview with her and one of the things she like works with you know talks with families of victims and families of people who are potentially going to be put to death and she said there's a commonality very she's not trying to convince anybody of anything but she's having these conversations wherein you know if somebody was murdered their loved ones are like we're going through an awful thing and very often they come to a place where they're like we don't want the family of the murderer to also go through this awful thing we would rather know more like she says something like it's weird that you know when somebody kills then to say that killing is wrong, we kill. I mean, it's yeah. a very, such a simplistic you know, way of saying it. But that is a mushrooms-y thought. Yes. When you're in that still place, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. There's a lot of things we're... Yeah, I, I'm not into that. Can I uh, do a thing that I think will be fun? I'm going to say a thing that I think you'll find fun. Yes, put a pin in it okay. because I'm going to throw this at you. Okay. Because I feel like you, you're able to put pins. I can. I'm surprised, though. Oh, yeah. That I... Richard Rohr, falling upward, amazing thing. He he says like, if God does send people to an eternal conscious living torment for all eternity, we're stuck in a weird kind of conundrum where most humans are more compassionate than that idea of God, which I think is crazy. And that got me, which, which I think is right on. And because we are all God, then God is more compassionate than that. <laughs> right. Very nice. You just up-leveled me. But, so I was I was talking about this. I was like, if you could imagine... Uh, a room that you could go in where it's just the worst. Every nerve ending you have is multiplied by a million and you're on fire. Whatever you want to be the worst thing, when you go in this room, that's happening. It's just the worst thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. I take you, Mike, and and I put you in the room for one minute. (laughs) Although I would... I understand. You know, we're just, we're doing it in a linear way. This room's not real? This room does not exist. Thank you. When you come out of that room, it's just an interesting question to go, how long does a thief belong in that room? Mm-hmm. How long does a liar belong in that room? And you can, t- you can follow that all the way down. I feel like if you're still smoking from that room and still reeling from a, a pain that you'll never recover from psychologically, how long would you send anybody to that room? Oh, yeah. I know that's – but here's the weird part. I've posited that to people. And they've been like, no, you still send these people, these historical characters, this, this, this. They got to go in there forever, oh, which I'm like, I, I, I hear you. But I, I, my response to that is, I don't think you're imagining the room well enough. <laughs> and I would say that that's, that's probably a double-edged sword. That, that's beneficial because imagining – that kind of torture sounds like that kind of like it's not that kind of torture, but that's torturous. Hell so imagine exists. that torture. Yeah, hell. When you're like that person's going to hell, like that is hell. That's like you know. I think a Ramdas story I heard about the the samurai and the the monk. The yeah. monk seated and the samurai comes up 
uh, maybe you've told this on the podcast, the samurai says, teach me about heaven and hell. And the monk says, oh, you're just this brutish, oafish, like, aggressive, sat- like, you don't, you think that you deserve to learn about heaven and hell? You don't get to learn that. And the samurai gets mad, and he's like, ah! And he's like, raises his sword to strike down the monk in anger, and the monk points and says, that's hell. <laughs> and then the samurai realizes that the monk just risked his life to teach him the lesson that he just asked about, and he drops his sword and drops to his knees and bows in praise and thanks, and then the monk says, that's heaven. I love it. Uh, and I was in a, a Chinese philosophy class. Nope, I was, that's true, but also the teacher was who taught Laura that. Clark there? No, 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 this is long ago. Uh, but the, one of the professors I mentioned earlier, the professor who was like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, go on, go on. Uh, professor David Wong from Brandeis University taught me an ethics class in which one day we talked about uh, the most horrendous crime that, like, a man, you know, just... Uh, without any care just like blew out the brains of two innocent people he didn't even know and then sat in the car where he shot them and just ate their lunch and then went to jail and we're like well that yeah that guy deserves to be at least in jail forever if not you know like like no remorse nothing Mm. and then the next day we learn about uh, a family where the father uh, sometimes like pulls out a gun and is like everybody out of the house or I start shooting and everybody has to run and the mother uh, has a baby that he has she has prematurely because the father kicks her in the stomach uh, because he thinks that it's not his baby and the baby is born and he's the baby's not allowed to be touched the baby like if if he, anybody touches the baby the father beats that person so that baby doesn't get physical contact any love just grows up like that and that baby becomes the murderer that we just learned about the day before mm. and we're like well of course what that's why you became a remorseless murderer so at what point does that baby who are like oh my god that baby deserves our love and care right. and attention like when does that can be a murder that person. Right. There's right. at what point, you know, the... Uh, well, this is the rabbinical idea. An all-knowing God is an all-forgiving God. Yeah. Which is, it's all there. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. You're doing If a we great can job. have compassion yeah. for the punishment, if we can have an imagination mm-hmm. for the punishment, and if we can have a, an imagination for the predicament. And then when you zoom that out, everyone listening knows I'm going to go here, to the, to the brain matter, to the way your chemistry works. I decided to get this smoothie... Some people have a malfunction in their brain. Where does accountability begin? We're all assuming a certain level of autonomy, but abuse and this and neglect oh, yeah. leads to this. Yeah, at what point? But everything yeah. we're doing leads to everything. Yeah. It's like a snowball is rolling down the hill, and we're in the. It starts as a no-ball. It's a no-ball, and then it becomes a snowball, yeah. and then it becomes a snow boulder in Boulder, Colorado. I'm I trying. <laughs> and it's rolling, and we're in the precarious situation of having to judge parts of that snowball for crushing flowers. Yeah. And I'm not saying that sounds like, by the way, that murderers get a pass, and I can't No, we're- I can't even hint that that's the case. But, I mean, there is – Ram Dass, I would always say these people deserve – sometimes things need to be taken out of society because they're harming other things. Yes. And that I agree with. Mm-hmm. But harming those things, I don't, I don't think that's... It harms us to have an attitude that harming, that more harm is good. That's right. Like, there's, there's going to be some harm. And always looking backwards, like, this is the thing I think about fate, is that everything that happened till now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that was fated to happen because it did happen. It and had now we're, in the, we're skiing on the moment. And we're yeah. like, but not this or this. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, you, you can't be like, well, then what's fated for the future? We're like, well, that doesn't, I, you can't, can't know that until later. And, so fate comes through perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Understanding that something was fate was perspective. And I think that, like, marriage vows should be like that also. Not like, I promise 
the future because like who knows but I promised the past I promise I did love you and then I loved you again and again and again and again and every moment and every day and I hope that that means that we are on this trajectory that will then lead into the future but definitely I can promise you now and before <laughs> that's two out of three wow I hope they hand out hankies at your wedding because <laughs> that is going uh, to yeah. make them cry so uh, may I may the I, fun thing yeah this is uh, the pin we're heading back to I'm going to ask you uh, may we return to the prodigal son? Yes. That's what you want to do? Uh, that is what I want to do. And the way that it's fun is that I understand that the story of the prodigal son is about returning. That is fun. Thank you. Uh, fun is always I the most fun. <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I, you didn't even need to be Micah. I was like, Pete's Micah. <laughs> I didn't get it. Because oh. I now see the story of the prodigal son as about the older son, not the younger son. Oh, sure. And I, I haven't engaged with it probably as much, so there I only know comes. the headline uh, wherein no. somebody returns. You, you've helped because that story is traditionally understood as a story about a guy leaving his father and his older brother uh, to go off and squander his inheritance. And then when he comes back, the father throws a party for him. That's the story. Oh, yeah. But uh, the part that Ro- Rob, Rob Doss, Rob Doss, uh, points out is that the older son who always did what he was told, who stuck around, who didn't squander his money on women and booze and who, w- bad shit. And I mean like Bible times bad shit. So really bad. Wow. Shit. <laughs> he stayed and obeyed and remained. And he says, rightly, where's my party? And the dad says, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. So Rob would say, he posits that the story is about we're at the party this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. Alexa. And we've forgotten. Yeah. We're not eating the food. It goes back to Alexa. Yeah. And that is right on. So to me, it's like being underwater and there's just murk. There's long reeds and seaweed and stuff. And, and our job is to move aside the stories that our brains are telling us, the story that maybe our weird abusive fathers are telling us, like your story, the stories that society is telling us. Uh, maybe even our own malfunctioning brains are telling us to move that aside and go and, and taste the wine and taste the food and, and go, I'm already here. It's, uh, I, it's like the traffic. Where are you going? Yeah. In, the, in Rumi's field beyond good and evil. You know that? Uh, Hit it. There's a Rumi poem and it's just basically about like beyond good and evil, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Yeah, exactly. We get stuck a lot in what's owed to us, what's right, what's wrong, and, and that all makes sense. But, you know, Richie Rohr, who I'm always talking about falling upward, I already referenced it. He's saying that's like first half of life stuff and second half of life is transcending good, evil, death penalty, all that sort of stuff and going, I think I'm in that field now. I, and what sucks yeah. about that field is you can't just invite other people to come. They have to go through a very long journey. Oh, yeah. And I've only I, started you tasting can, it. You can share that you have experienced a journey. Yeah. And then other people eventually on their own path will at some point be like, it's like doing, starting doing comedy, you know, when you're like, how do I get good at comedy? You know, people are like, are there shortcuts to getting good at comedy? Right. And like every person who's been doing comedy five years, 10 years, 15, 20, whatever it is, are like, you just do comedy and eventually you're doing comedy. One day you'll wake up and you'll And then later you're like, oh yeah, that, that person was right. Yeah. Uh, like you can't, but in the beginning, so a lot of people are like. that's wisdom. That's how you raise kids and all that sort of stuff. It's but how like, do I get wisdom fast? I know. How do I get it immediately? You have it, so just give it to me. Well, it's funny because that's a big Ram Dass thing is somebody in India told him that the West, America, is – they mean – when they say Westerner, they mean American, I think. Um, the West is such a materialist, a materialist place 
that God came to them as a material. Oh, yeah. Which I think is so that, that right is great. on. It makes me tingle. It's good. The, because, of yeah. course, we love products and we consume things. So it goes, okay, you want to eat something, eat this. And, and then there's Mike eating ayahuasca. Alexa, where can I find a feast? <laughs> um, the idea It's of- right here with you, the eternal now. <laughs> I don't but see I it. I forget all the time, too. That's why – I've had this conversation before. I've made these points before, but we slip out. This morning, I was so frustrated and so rushed. It was hard to find it. I looked at the world, and I sometimes go like, wow, this this mass hallucination we're all having. And today I went, fuck it. It just looks two-dimensional. I don't care. And then in traffic, the radio wasn't working. I was taking Val's car. I was just sitting there, and I was like, I, I stopped at a crosswalk and saw the faces of the people walking by, each one of them the star of their own thing, and I put myself in their shoes, and I was back. But for 20 minutes in the car, hmm. fuck everybody. Can I tell you seven things? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's that many, but I want to say... Can I tell you seven things? <laughs> based on uh, the, the idea of the, the hell room that you discussed, uh, I have a joke slash truth idea uh, that I talk about on stage sometimes and I talk about and I think about in my life that uh, the idea of heaven if there's like you know different aspects of heaven or different rooms in heaven or different whatever you know the opposite of that hell room like one of them if I get to determine it which if God determines it and I'm part of God then I do is that's a Buddhist idea you get what you expect and also I would say it's a Christian idea too I like it you get what you expect I accept I mean that's a I've heard this recently. I know, don't know whose quote it is, but we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Mm-hmm. Um, this is maybe one of the fundamental secrets of reality is what's inside determines what's outside. And I'm not just talking about winning the lottery. That is the westernization of the idea. Oh, yeah. That we were talking about the slideshow. Your light, you, your soul, whatever, your awareness is coming out of the slide projector. And we're putting all these slides in front of it. I'm from Boston as a slide. I'm a man as a slide. I'm a comedian as a slide. I'm right-handed as a slide. It doesn't matter. But the light is what you're after. You're trying to remove slides, remove identity so you can remember who you are, right? Pete. Are you going to tell me nine things now? (laughs) I keep interrupting. No, no. You've already contributed to one of the things, which is that my room in heaven, uh, at least one of them, is that heaven is feels like remembering something that you didn't know you'd forgotten. Yeah, that's it. But that's the experience. Like, oh. Yes. Ramdas when he <laughs> It's just the Ramdas hour. It's a Ramcast. Uh, when he took mushrooms, it wasn't the feeling of learning anything, it was the feeling of remembering something. And we I mean people that have taken psychedelics, the first time I took it, I was it reminded me a little bit of when you're a kid and you're talking to your stuffed animals. Like you you feel the isness in everything. Mhm. And that manifests in children, in imaginary friends, and talking to my Garfield or whatever it might be, or the gigantic cat pillow my Lithuanian grandmother made for me, which I did take to college. That's nice. I got teased a lot, rightly. It had a pink bow in its hair. Anyway, um, it, it, it was a return to a place. It quieted. It took some of the filters out, it t- some of the slides out. Yeah. And I just felt like the thing. And when you're just the thing, I don't know why, but nothing feels better. It's not ecstasy coursing through you like you might imagine a drug, like where you're just like, everything's great, and you're wrong. It's your right. That's what's so amazing about it. And this, like, meditation for me, I use Headspace, the app. Okay, great. I was going to ask. And uh, one of the things that it talks about, there's, like, a visual. They show, like, they show you a little cartoon of 
like a blue sky that is present in you always and that there are clouds that might block it, thoughts and emotions and feelings yes. and experiences, but that, you know, sitting and the goal is to, you know, just not add something, but to just, you know, ri- let these things pass right. and then be the blue sky or let the ripples unripple and yep. let be the still pond. That's, yep. And just, it's about, you know, not, a- it's about undoing and then, you know, re-becoming or rediscovering what is deep down potentially That's it. in all of us. And a thing that you said about Moving through life, you know, the first half you're on this part of the journey, the second half you're on this. I like the idea of uh, you grow up, but then at a certain point, like, you got to grow down. Like, you got to, you know, you've, I'm like, imagine like a man in his 50s in a suit, and he's just like, oh, you got to be an adult. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, right. grow down, man. I've been, I wish you were here. Just yesterday, I recorded I, am here. An, I know, <laughs> but had you been here, I recorded an episode, and I, we were talking about the lack of elders and how sad it makes me when I meet a 70 year old man who's just 15. And I guess our culture kind of rewards that. It's like, cool, he's still rollerblading. And I'm like, Richard Rohr, say, falling upward, he talks about how as we get older in our, in our spirits, I guess, you look for less stimulation. It's more, you're looking for more stillness. You're, you're appreciating the richness of what is, not necessarily you know, some laser light show that you need to go to like, to constantly be entertained and distracted. Now I can enjoy lunch with my mom. That's what I'm saying. Is you were there all along. But I, you know, I think that's why I mention it so much. I'm still unpacking why it bothers me that when I go home, my dad is wearing some new memorabilia from some event, some car show, some concert he was at. It's not that we can't go to concerts and and car shows. It's just the collecting of it. I, I, I want for myself first and foremost, but also for my loved ones to just go like, I'm done going to the to the market. I'm done going to the market. I love music, but like I don't need to prove to you that I went. And I, maybe it's I, I, I. I'm definitely projecting. I don't believe you went. What's that? You need to prove it. I guess it's the proving yeah. that you went that that rubs me the wrong way. Of that, course, that feels childish. The experience is right. the thing, right? I, it's it's yeah. like taking photos at a church service. I'm just like, come on, man. This morning, my grandmother. I love you, Dad. By the way, and I, I, under, I understand my dad. I love you, Dad, too. And I don't want. I don't want to change my dad. It just. Where we overreact, there our work lies. I overreact when I see my dad and, and, and I think. And you're also talking to a guy, as I always say, I record most of my conversations and I build television. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm the most guilty of trying to make a record of something. <laughs> when really, zoom out. This shit is nothing. It's, it's drops of rain on a windshield. The, the wiper is going to come. It's all gone. Do you, do you know who's the executive producer of that windshield? I'd love to. <laughs> I can get you a meeting. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother uh, follows me on Facebook, is my Facebook friend. Uh, she just turned 89, and I love – sometimes she'll write back her own jokes. Sometimes she will say things that are not meant to be funny but are funny. Sometimes she will yell at other people for having fun on my jokes. She'll be like, Michael is the only one who is to be funny here. Wow. Uh, and so today, this is a story of her being a way that, like, I want – in. You know, there's part of me that wants her to be like, keep growing. Like, I learned recently the idea of like sunrising and sunsetting. Like, I don't know if it's people at different stages in their life. Like, some people are like, she's sunsetting. She's like, I've, I did it. I'm, I'm on the way down. I've done all the things. Whereas, like, sunrising, like, I'm still open to learning and growing. Like, the day is starting. Like, even if I'm 40, 50, 60, like, I can still, there's more. I don't know everything. There's right. still things to learn. The day is still happening. Uh, and so, 
I posted a joke, an idea that was something like, God supposedly created the, you know, worked for six days and rested on the seventh. I'm not trying to tell anyone how to live their lives, but I strive for a, you know, a more equitable work-life balance. (laughs) And my grandmother responded to that. She picked one part that you might not think to respond to. She was like, go ahead. Don't be bashful. Tell people what to do. They won't listen anyway. That's what she said? Yes, that's what she said. And so what I wrote back to that was something like, I choose not to tell people what to do because I know that that doesn't, that's not what makes people do a thing. If I, even if I want people to have the positive experiences that I have, what I do instead of saying do this is I do this. Like I have a joke to talk about if I did the Ten Commandments, I wouldn't say thou shalt. I'd be like, I, do, I don't murder. Like I don't kill. I, right. I'd adulter. That's fine. But uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, consensually, open relationship wise, polyamorously, like that's fine. But uh, you know, I'd have slightly different rules. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you because, and so like I offer people the way that I, here's what I do and here's what works for me and here's what I value and here's what I get from it. It's about the process more than the product, but also sometimes going through the process, you do have these products. You know, if I meditate, then meditating is good, but also then later I have benefits from the meditation, remembering it, remembering the lessons. And so I'm like, that's what, that's, so that's what I do. I don't tell people. And so I'm like, I'm purposefully like not telling my grandmother, don't tell me what to do. You, <laughs> and then she wrote back, very interesting. <laughs> well, you won that round. I, I don't know. I think it's interesting because the sun setting, to me, it's the roomy thing. It's mm-hmm. not that we're shutting off ourselves to learning. Oh, no. It's that we've learned enough to learn that all the learning led to I don't know anything. But it's a different I don't know anything. It's the chop wood carry water other side of it. Exactly. Now I know that I don't know everything and I can't. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It gives you a deep appreciation of how you don't know anything. You don't know any more. But the whole – it's like starting comedy. It's like you said. You had to go through all this thing. It's just the way that the system works to get to the other side. So what I'm saying is we don't need to become old and rigid and and frozen. We just – there's a a surrendering and a laying down of arms going, I don't have to – acquire every dot on the board like Pac-Man. Can't. And you can't. It just keeps If that's your goal, you'll fail. So right. set a different goal of not having that goal. Well, where are you yeah. going? Yeah. That's just be in the traffic. And I feel like old people, that's why I'm saying you can go to the Bob Seger concert. Thanks. And by the way, you can do whatever you want. I'm just saying for me, I hope my goal <laughs> by that point is to just be like whatever it is that we're doing. And I'm trying to have this today. Is it's just play? It's it's just a joke. Not a, not a bad joke. Just kind of like a relax. Oh Z- yeah. Zoom out to something else. We're mini Godzillas. <laughs> There's a thing that I like talking about now. Of uh, I like in my comedy and in my life, and just I like to focus on for myself presenting small good things and 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 facing big bad things. Like if you focus on little bad things, like you know complaining about a thing that people will be like, who cares? Like, you have so many good things happening. Forget about that. But, like, you know, injustice, you know, homophobia, transphobia, sexism, racism, all these things. Like, these are big things that are important to think about and talk about and engage with and do what we can to, you know, listen, learn, help, uh, move move the trajectory in the direction yeah. that would yeah. be good. And so those are, those are worth talking about. But then big good things, you know, if I talked about only, like, the greatest things that were going on for me, then I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? There's a lot of people that are experiencing different things. So I'm like, little good things, you know, like the positive small things, like, like a meditation, like a flower, like, you know, That's a right. conversation, like That's a right. connection yeah. that we can all. Big bad things, little small things. Yeah, little, little good things, yeah. Little good things. What did I say? Little small things? You did. I like that, too. I'll be in the bathroom. Thank you. Uh, you're totally right. 
because you're looking for some some sort of reduced universal idea. Because you're if you if you brag, nobody likes it. And if you're, you, I just like what you said. Thank you. So what happened? You you had done ayahuasca last time you did this podcast. I d- had I. I don't know. I don't think I had. Okay. I don't know when it was, but I started doing ayahuasca in 2014. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it it is also the way the guide that I've gone to calls it a meditation mm-hmm. uh, in Peru, where he and it come from. They call it medicine, but yep. legally that's not. Uh, it's weird because it's not. I don't know the brother. Uh, it's the, not Dayquil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what were you saying? Oh, the I don't know how the legality of it works here because it. Uh, I don't know why it's important to call it one thing or another in a particular situation, but I've I engaged with it as a meditation, so it has some similar aspects of it. I and ultimately, it is also it's a tool that when I started doing it, yeah. and I've done it, and yeah, <laughs> we are all sacred tools. <laughs> Sometimes the guide says, you know, it's a it's called a sacred plant, but also everything can be sacred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a joke about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and an understanding that might be false, but I like that the reason they don't have holidays is because they believe every day is a holy day created by God to be the most holy possible. So how could any day be less holy? So it's not that there are no holidays. There's every day every is holiday. holy. Every moment can it's be every... It's a PR problem. Yeah. <laughs> They've gotten classified as the no Halloween people, and they're yeah. like, no, we think about death. And- we go knocking on doors every day. Ah! That's part of, part of the joke wow is it yeah hilarious thanks um but that's the no giving no receiving thing because for me to accept a gift from you i am thereby (laughs) your honor i'm thereby agreeing to the conceit that there's a me and there's a you sure so people that don't accept or give gifts uh are are saying that it's like when you don't talk i think it's called moana if you don't talk, you're trying to train your brain to not think in words. Because if you think about it, there is thinking, there's a lot of thinking going on that isn't words. We yes. learn how to have these thoughts and then we put words to them. Oh, yeah. But there's a middleman there. So some of these holy people are trying to not speak so that they'll stop thinking in speech. So they'll have thoughts that are inarticulable, that are very transcendent it's and like crazy. It's like the moon and the fingers pointing at the moon. Yes. Yeah, the thoughts are the moon. That's the what I'm the source is the moon. Like the. The holes in the wall are the fingers trying to get at the moon. Yes. All, all different paths up the same mountain. Right. And, and they're yeah. saying words is, are in the way, so I'm going to try and not use words. Sure. But also, me, me believing that you, Mike, and me, Pete, are, are sharing our little drop of the ocean of consciousness, mm-hmm. if, but it's the same stuff, yeah. that it's all an illusion. Me accepting a compliment from you or me getting a gift from you, these are all lies in a way that that's the kind of sexier way of saying we don't do birthdays in this house i understand that it's hard for kids to understand that oh yeah that's i I don't know i i certainly am not going to impose that on my kids no and in fact i maybe that's i don't want to say that anybody is specifically misguided i think other than to say probably everybody is misguided until you find your own you know you find guides who've been on the path longer and you're like oh that person's doing a thing that resonates with me oh now i'm my own guide like and you get to decide based on all the. that's also in following up where richard Rohr talks about like second half of life people usually don't have much need for church but realize they never leave church that church was a dress rehearsal for constant communion. And that Jesus himself in the book says that the two or more are gathered thing, that that's church. To me, when I have this and when I hang out with Rob oh, yeah. 
And when I hang out with Valerie, looking in her eyes, whatever it might be, church. I go, that's yeah. church. Oh, yeah. I know, but there's a way that we say that where we're just going, I don't like getting up and hanging out with people in sweaters on Sunday. And there's a way where you say, that sort of stuff helped me realize that we're always there. Where are you going? You're just, just be in the traffic, just be traffic, relax. Ayahuasca is the most, like, it's not regimented. I don't have to do it, but it is the most, like, church-like thing that I do. Yeah. You know, there's, in fact, you know, we're sitting in a circle around a man who we go and kneel, and then he delivers us a substance, and we put it in our body, and now we are, you know, and that substance is God. We are God. It's all God. I like the Ramdas thing I read once uh, talking about thanking uh, before a meal the food, the hunger, the self, the world, like everything that is all part of the oneness, the, mm-hmm. you know, the turning, the eternal, like sort of fire that now is by which he's consuming the food literally. It becomes him. It is, he is consumed by the world. Right. And so that's well, a nice, that, yeah. That's, we were just talking about this too. That's the, that's the Christ story. Life living off of life is one of the things that we have to make peace with. And, uh, and so now ayahuasca is this, you know, it's this community, it's this tool, it's this substance, it's this m- headspace, it's so what, this meditation. So tell me about the first time you did it. Uh, the first two times I did it uh, were, were similar. There's, as I understand it, in Peruvian culture, there's, uh, I don't know the names, uh, not in English, but there's like the, it represents the heavenly realm, the, this realm, and then the nether realm, like realm of the dead. And sometimes different people, like, you know, they're represented by the, the condor, the cat, and the snake, like mm-hmm. the jaguar in the middle, uh, and the snake. And so, like, sometimes people are like, am I going to see snakes? And some people, people do see snakes. Some people never see snakes. Yeah, uh, that's one of those things I heard about ayahuasca was a snake shows you three days of your life. And, and they're important. And it's different to everybody all the time, 100%. And the actual images that you see are not there, but, like, the, they're like... The, the guy that I go to says they're like the frame, like the, the, the actual visual hallucinations are not the point, but the, you know, the mind, the, the emotion, the psyche, the experience that you're having, that you're feeling and the things that you think about and that, that you're left with, uh, after the experience, those are like when everything recedes and you're like, what am I left with? How am I different? That is the, the main point of the thing. So it's like, not even the substance is the point, but the real, like the same thing as meditation. When you meditate, like, you know, Ram Dass has said, I think, you know, you don't want to become the best meditator. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be like, oh, yeah, here it is. This is the good stuff. Right. But then, you know, it's because it's all a process uh, and that we're not just at a point. We're just we are these beings, you know, moving through time theoretically in some way. Uh, but yeah, so the first time I did it, it was all heavenly realm. It just felt beautiful. I felt like I was made of love, which I still believe. And I think. It just, it felt, it was different. You know, I, I'd had mushrooms. The, I, I talk about it on stage a little bit, and uh, the, the guide is funny. Like, I, for, I didn't realize till later that he was, he is funny. And so I was like, oh, wow, I'm making good jokes based on this guy being funny. Uh, oh, you mean when you told his story? Yeah. He'd get laughs? Like, the first, I mean, I do, I say this because he's not, like, he's not a comedian. But he said, what, he came up to me the first time and said, have you done this before? And I said, no. And he said, have you done mushrooms? And I said, yes. And he said, good, good, good. It's very different. <laughs> uh, and and that was true. Like there is something. What's different? Uh, so you've done mushrooms. Yep. Uh, for me, the way that mushrooms sometimes comes on is like I will have the be like, is this it? Is this it? And there's sort of like these pre epiphanies. You know, you're like, oh, is this? Is this? And then once you're in it, you're like, oh, 
Yeah. That, this is it. We always yeah. laugh going, we thought, we weren't sure if it was working. Oh, yeah. And then when it's working, you're like, oh, God, <laughs> what were we talking about? I feel like that with, you know, I mean, with, with so many things, with like, with love, with, you know, different relationships where you're like, oh, now I am the oldest, wisest version of myself. I'm the most experienced. I know myself more than I did before. Like, I'm not saying more than anybody else. Like, that's, I'm, I'm the best version of myself now because I have access to all the other versions, all the memories, all the experiences. I know what's good, what's not, what works, what doesn't, like, for, for relationships, for myself. Mm-hmm. And so in this, for mushrooms, uh, you know, once you've done mushrooms a number of times, you know, it can be different every time and you don't always have control over it. But there's like this thing, oh, it's sort of seeping up my, the back of my head right, right now. And it's like, oh, and now it's, Filling my head. Oh, now my. Oh, now I'm in it. Now right. I'm there. It's like your mate, your hollow glass, and it slowly fills up from the bottom. And there's a similar thing to that, except I don't know if this will make sense. Like it's sort of like you're ask. It's there's a an analogy. Maybe you've heard this. Like you're asking me, what does a kiwi taste like? And I'm like, I'll do everything I can to tell you what a kiwi tastes like. Yeah. And then like I'm, I'll give you like the physical, like exactly. I'll give you as many specifications as possible. Right. But then until you eat a kiwi, you won't have the information. Right. Uh, like that. I think it's Aquinas, you know, about faith, but about this as well. That uh, you know, if you have the experience, no explanation is necessary. Right. If you don't have it, then no None explanation will do. suffice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll do my best to make it suffice. Yeah. I talked on on Duncan's podcast once. I. Hey man! <laughs> he asked me to like <laughs> just bring bring him through like ta- I sort of talked him through an experience as though he were I was like talking like a guided meditation of this is what it's like I'm being the plant and this is what you're experiencing right. and you know even that that doesn't come close it doesn't come anywhere near it but it comes somewhere something but uh it, the same way that you were talking about being, you know, having your, your body filled up or your brain filled up or whatever it is. It's like more, more like, an, there's, like there's another dimension that doesn't exist. Like, you know, you're like, oh, my three-dimensional body's filling up or my brain is filling up. Like, but this is like, oh, there's a different color that you never knew about and mm. that, and it's purple, but it's not the purple that you knew. And so that all the, it, it felt like it grabbed me and like, like had me and like, gra- and it was like holding my head really hard, but it didn't hurt, but it was just like dense and like pressing and I mean and it's not like that all the time but the first time it was like and then it felt like I was like zooming through some kind of hyperspace and then eyes closed yeah uh, you can open your eyes but uh, and then it's uh, it will then take over eyes open like I, I can't keep them open for too long usually it's different every, it's very difficult it'll start messing up what you're seeing it doesn't uh, I mean, sometimes it will get super intense if I'm like seeing things and I'm like, I got to open my eyes and I do. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm in this room. I understand. But then it will, I will become re-overwhelmed potentially mm. uh, and then be back in, in the place. Like one, one time I did, I smoked DMT with Shane Moss mm-hmm. and that before I'd ever drunk, <laughs> hey, drunk, can't do <laughs> I, I can do it. I can, I can, he's one that I can do pretty yeah. good. Uh, uh, now, now that I said I can't, I'll, I'll have to do. So during this during this story, <laughs> maybe it'll happen. Kind of right. So he had me do. He, he's like, so you're gonna take three. He's, so, three oh, oh, all right, you're gonna take three hits, <laughs> and, and just hold hold it in. <laughs> keep keep your eyes closed. <laughs> keep keep them closed. And so I for that time. <laughs> And I, I was having this amazing visual experience and also this tactile experience with DMT that happened immediately and lasted only like, you know, 10, 20 minutes. But the, I had never had, 
I'd done Salvia, and it was almost it was that was reminiscent yeah. of the kind of like I literally don't know if a body I did Salvia too. Does my body exist? Yeah. I don't know. Is, I was gone. Is Shane the devil? Like because yeah. I, I could still hear him talking to me. Oh, oh, I am the devil. <laughs> I mean, and you know we all are and aren't, and and so that was like immediate. And he's like, if you open your eyes, it'll stop. Uh, and that was seemed true. Like I did open them a little bit, and then it like mellowed out when smoking DMT. But when it was when ingesting via the liquid form ayahuasca, uh, that doesn't happen. You don't. You can't just open your eyes and be done. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you could open your eyes and be done on DMT. I mean, smoking. maybe that's not true for everybody all the time, but that was kind of the experience. He was yeah. So you went to the heaven realm. Yes. Uh, and what was that like? Were you in the Hershey syrup getting stirred into a glass of milk? Uh, I mean, I felt like uh, like a bird, I think, at times. Or a, maybe the second time I felt like a dragon, like as I was watching Game of Thrones. Like, just you know, soaring. It, yeah, just free. Uh, yes. Powerful. And the uh, not necessarily powerful, but, you know, with the power of, like, loving kindness and just having it be kind of obvious be like oh of course like love loving myself loving others and i know that saying these no, things i understand when you are those things it's completely different and that's that, yeah. that's what ramdas is is you know knowledge but you are wise and 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 it's similar like you can know loving kindness you can know compassion but when you are these things and these substances nudge us into them that's when you start laughing at alexa yes you go like that is absurd yeah and because I, love is so much more vital and love and, Exciting. you know, art and connection and beauty. And I remember talking to another comedian friend after an ayahuasca ceremony that we both did. And we were talking about, like, the idea of, like, where comedy comes from, where art comes from, where. And I was, and he was talking about, like, you want to make people laugh. And I was like, I mean, that's the, that's like the deer drinking at the, yeah. the stream. I'm like, that's great. Like, of course, it's usually a deer will come and drink. Right. That's the goal. I mean, you might think it's the goal from the outside, but I'm like, I'm just, my goal is to be the stream. My goal is to just keep running water. Just do what you do. Figure out which way my stream goes, like right. what water I'm made of, what droplets. I'm like, am I supposed to be on a windshield? Nope, I'm a stream. And and then, of you know, the the things that come, it's always interesting to be like, and then you win the lottery. You know, like the, the lottery of knowing that you don't need to win the lottery. Right, um, right, right. And so that's that experience was. There's something true about that, by the way. When you are just oh, doing yeah. what you're doing, there there has a when you're filling your slot in that beautiful way. Yes, I think things do come into place. And unfortunately, though, we always want the popular. Like people want to be rich and famous. Oh, yeah. So they become actors. But the actor that's doing community theater in Gloucester is 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 filling his slot perfectly. Potentially, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I mean now. This goes back to a little thing we were talking about before. Uh, my goal when I started doing comedy was to become a full-time comedian, to only have my job be comedy. Mm-hmm. And I achieved that, you know, six, seven years in. And, I, and I've been doing that. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, being a comedian is, you know, it is one of the slides. It's one of, it's part of who I am. And I, but I, I also love making music. I also love writing. I also love meditating. I also love walking. I love loving. I love being with my friends and girlfriends. I love podcasting. I love talking. I love, like, if tomorrow I wasn't a comedian, that wouldn't ruin anything. Like, now I'm like, you know, the, I think a Thich Nhat Hanh thing is the idea of, how, like, if you're a cup full, if there's a cup full of water and you drop one droplet of, like, blood or something 
you know, that will taint it. Like, oh, no. But if you're a roaring river full of water, you drop that one droplet in and nothing happens. Mm. It is perfectly pure and clean. And so the goal is to have our heart not be a cup for love, but be a roaring river for love and just experience and life. And there's no one thing, like nothing can be taken from me, especially because, like, I mean, I don't have all that. I mean, a, a Compared to some, there's short people behind me. I've got a lot. There's tall people uh, in front of me. You're a tall person. You, you've got a lot. And uh, That's beautiful. And so it's, I, meditation has helped in that. I used to not meditate for this kind of reason to be like, but there's so many TV shows that I won't get to watch. Uh, I can't, I'm going to waste 10 minutes that I could be watching a TV show mm-hmm. that is bad and I don't care about. I mean, now I used to watch so many TV shows, including ones that like, I'd be like, ah, I wish I didn't watch that. I, I didn't need to watch that. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm getting all the ones that I want to watch. I'm getting all the good ones and some bad ones and some, you know, some fine ones. But I'm like, I'm not going to have all the experiences. I'm not going to watch all the shows, all, even all the good ones or all the good movies, all the good podcasts, spend all the good conversation. Like there's so many, so many possibilities for things to do. I'm like, now meditation is valuable because I'm like, that's 20 minutes every morning that I'm like, a hundred percent. That's what I want to be doing. I'm just being the stream or like letting the dust settle, like letting the ripples dissipate, letting the clouds pass. And if I don't watch every great TV show in this body's lifetime, uh, which is impossible. Also, you know, Margaret Atwood has a book, has a story that will not be released for like almost a hundred years because it's going to be printed on a tree. Uh, they planted trees like recently, and then when they grow in a hundred years, they're cutting them down, printing books of short stories. One of her stories is in a time capsule until then. And part of me, a joke I tell, but also a real thought I had is like, but I want to read it. Why can't I? I don't get to read that story. Meanwhile, I've not read nearly like a dozen. Uh, there's so many books that she has. But I'm like, I want the one that I can't. Right. Uh, and there's after we die, like there'll be so many, like there'll be great things that you would have seen if you were alive, you know, and before you were born, there's great things. I mean, I mean, now we can see in this time some of the things from before, like more than ever before. My grandmother, uh, she saw a movie when it came out, when it, and that was it. And if she missed it, she missed it. Mm-hmm. And now we, like, we can contain so much. There's so many things. And I used to be very concerned with maximizing, with being like, I want to have the – my life is limited. I want to fill it as much as possible. And part of uh, – in, in the same way that I'm like, – I, like, I liked maximization – uh, my girlfriend now, she says, she's like, I think I think about balance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, maximizing sometimes could include times of not maximizing, times of, you know, calm and quiet, growing up, growing down, you know, breathing in, breathing out, waking up, going to sleep, sunrise, sunset, zero, one, one, zero, and just being. And so now, like, I'm, I feel like I'm in my... Most of my life and career up until now, I was like walking up a mountain, you know, it's like work and I'm aiming like, I don't know what's, what's at the top, but there is no top. Or at a certain point, you're like, oh, no, now I'm walking down the mountain, I guess I. And so the goal is to sort of be just, you know, skiing, not down the mountain, but just skiing at the top of the mountain, just keeping like in that moment, you know, always being like I'm heading maybe upward, learning more, but also being aware that, you know, I'm heading towards this body's. Uh, dissipation, you know, back into the everythingness. And and so now I'm like, oh, I'm just like, well, however long I live and whatever I experience, like, that's all, like, I'm glad for what I've accomplished. I'm glad for all the opportunities I've had. I've been very fortunate in many ways in my personal life, in my professional life. And a thing that you said, like, when you get in, get the right mindset, then, you, oh, maybe things do start falling into place. But 
the right mindset and things falling into place, those are the same thing. Like, oh, the right mindset has fallen into place. So, of course, now you'll see, uh, you'll see things. That you, everything is here all the time. And you can't witness everything at every moment as the person or being that you are. Like, I dated a girl a few years ago who I would be like, I love this comedian. I love that comedian. She was a comedian. I was like, I love this person and this person. Have you seen this and this? And I was talking about all the people and things that I loved. And she was saying... Okay, yeah, but who don't you like? There must be people that you don't like. I'm like, well, I'll get to them like eventually after I tell you literally, I'm like, and I'll never get to them. Like, I, why would I spend some of my limited time focusing on an experience that I don't like? And I'm not saying that like if a bad thing happens, if if you have a negative experience, like it's important to process it and experience it and name no, it and then go through it and then, but. At a time when I can choose, I'm like, why would I want to tell you about a bad time I had when, I can, when you haven't heard about all the good times that I had? And so now it's just like, if I don't get something, if I don't get a TV spot or an opportunity or a job or whatever, I'm like, well, I, I have, like, that's, I didn't have that. I didn't lose it. I am, I am everything that I've been, and that can't be taken away. I have, and I'm growing every day. I'm one more day, like, in love and in love with my girlfriend, in love with myself, in love with the comedy that I do and the, the art that I make. And it's even things that are, you know, everything that quote unquote bad happens to me. Yeah, there's definitely real suffering in the world. And I'm fortunate to not have experienced some of it and to do my best to help uh, there be less of it, less unnecessary suffering. But that for myself personally, when I suffer, I'm like, this is uh, you know, an opportunity. This is, you know, can be alchemized, hopefully immediately, hopefully, however long it takes to be like, well, that was bad, but now is good. Now I am older and wiser. Do you know the prophet Khalil Gibran, that book? No. The quote that I love from it is, uh, the greater that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, so that's, you are looking for that real-time suffering perspective. Yeah. That's what, that is one of the goals. Like loving the bomb. Loving the bomb. Uh, Anna Gostar just did the show, and she talked about how Will Ferrell would settle into a bomb. And sure. if you can – I feel like that's what some of these realized beings are, and, and, on, and some below them as well are, are doing is the perspective that we can have about my divorce or whatever it might be. If you can have it in the moment – that's kind of one of the goals of life. Maharaji Ramdas's guru said, enjoy everything, which seems so simple. But I, I think to it, I, I sometimes write it right here on my wrist, just enjoy everything, which means keep your panic warm. <laughs> it's like, is there a way to, to even love the me that was frustrated this morning? Of course. Yeah. Do you know the, the swing, the uh, don't just do something, sit there? I don't know, maybe from Thich Nhat Hanh, maybe from somebody else, some other Buddha-like person. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, what, I love it, and I thought about it this morning before I came here, and in a different way than I'd ever thought about it, because obviously it's a play initially on don't just sit there, do something, mm-hmm. but it's a, a beautiful switch of, oh, don't just do something, sit there. But then I realized, like, the third step could be, it's not, it's not saying don't do something, it's saying don't just do something, like, sit there and do something. yeah. Uh, and so you can like the but idea. That's, the meditation yeah. is the practice of witnessing your thoughts, feelings, emotions without identifying with them. Yeah, it, that to me, nobody wants to sit and try, but everybody I think can understand what's compelling about sitting in the part of you that's watching you. 
because it's very relaxing, very peaceful, but it's also good practice. That you you just reminded me that that it is like the the times when like I'm like mm, you know and be like oh just be the person being like oh poor poor this person it it's not about resistance it's really tricky to explain when I try to explain to people how to meditate quickly you say sit down for some reason the straight back helps breathe and then don't resist anything you're trying to focus on your breath but you won't but don't resist it. And, and, that, and that's one of the harder things to do. And then, like, when you're grumpy Pete this morning, not even resisting that. You ever call but, yourself Grumpete? Grumpete. <laughs> Grumpete is my Sesame Street character. <laughs> Grumpete. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think Oscar's right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, it's good for Oscar to have one a friend. Confident. <laughs> yeah, confidant. <laughs> um, so you went to the – beautiful stuff, by the way. You went to the – Heaven, and then it sounds like you went other places. Yes. Uh, can I tell you first? This is also an ayahuasca-related story. Of so, Are you yeah. barfing, by the way? Or is this uh, a lot of barfing? The first five times that I did it, I did not barf. Really? No barfing? Yes. Isn't that like you're like, oh, man, I wanted to barf. The, the guide sometimes will say, here's, a, here's some things that he says, like before the ceremony starts, he'll say things like, you know, there, it's not. Thank you. He just handed me some water. I said, thank you. I'm also chopping wood. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> In uh, the drawers. <laughs> oh, what does wait? chopping it mean? It just means... Um, I understand. You did, you did a good job. Chopping down my penis. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. Metaphorically. Uh, so the guide will say, you know, for people who have not experienced this before, you know, some people, like, hear about the vomiting. He says, it's not a vomiting experience. He's like, sometimes a person will vomit. Sometimes... Everyone will vomit. And, you know, you always have a bucket. And he says, you know, it'll only be for a couple minutes of the several hour experience if it is a thing that's part of it. But it's not the main point of it. It's just a a cleansing or a purging that can happen. And so I'd say it happens for me maybe half the time. How many times have we done it now? I don't know. Like Dozens? Yes. Dozens? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would say probably a double digit number, but I don't know which one. Wow. Like, it's sort of the way I think about it is, you know, when you're... When you're a child, you're like, I'm three and a half. I'm three and three quarters. Yeah. I'm, I'm three and 11 twelfths. Now you're 37. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I'm in my dozens. Yeah, you're. Yeah. Uh... Um, and so, there, so the second time was similar to the first time, Heavenly Realm, but a completely different physical experience. I felt vibration in my chest that felt like a, if I hadn't been on a, if I hadn't ingested the substance, I'd be like, I'm something is wrong, but because I had, I was like, I guess this is part of it. Does this happen for people? Like it's, it's like pleasant or no, it it started as unpleasant because it was unfamiliar and thus a little scary. But then I was like, it feels good. I felt like um, Carlos Castaneda talking about feeling like a bee is inside his body. Yeah. Feeling a buzz, a big buzz. Yes. It felt like that for sure. And I had, yeah, other, other visuals, other tactile experiences and more loving the third time I did it was my first real difficult non-heavenly time uh, where I think part of it, I don't know if this was all uh, because I ate too much that day. Like there's like a fasting regimen. Uh, I'd eaten not past the time I was supposed to, but I ate a lot before the time. I see. And so I still – I might. Are you doing the whole like no sex and eating plants? You eat plants anyway. I, yeah, I, I eat plants all the time. And the sex thing, they did say – like the guidelines we got initially were like no sex for the three days before or after. And we asked about that and our guide said uh, loving sex is okay. 
Loving sex. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and so that's the way that I now test whether I love someone is I have sex with them right before a ceremony. <laughs> and if I have a horrible ceremony, then I'm like, I guess I don't love you. So, um, ayahuasca humor. So, but, but conscious sex was okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and so... The third one you went to, what was the bad place? Uh, well, it, it first was physical. Just I felt, you know, turmoil internally as well. But then also kind of like blissful. I had some of the same elements in my mind and in my, my head. But my body was... I couldn't experience the joy because my body was also going through this sort of yin-yang of of pain and joy. Mm-hmm. And I... So when it started, it was all just the pain. And I started thinking about, like, people that I had wronged. I started like, oh, I'm experiencing pain. I've caused pain. And so, like, just images of people and things that I'd gone through and, you know, just feeling, you know, I guess not forgiving myself for those things, but just f- being tender for the people that I had. Having some awareness. Yeah. And being like, because, you know, I am, I was raised by parents who loved me and encouraged me and told me I was the best and could do anything. And I, you know, and so I I bought that, you know, for a long time that I'm like, I'm the hero of this this life story like I'm me like I can't do anything wrong you know mm-hmm. and like even like my grandmother once like I posted something that I'm like I hope that people want, I'm like I performed on a holistic vegan cruise last year or this year earlier this year mm-hmm. and uh, I was like I hope that the people enjoy the things that I say like I posted that and my grandmother's like who wouldn't like what you say and I'm like it seems like you don't like what I'm saying right now ah. uh, I'm like of course I'm not it's like when you have an artist that you love like a musician and you're like oh I love them and then they put an album and you're like oh this is different than the other thing like I still love them but they're they're saying different things they're growing and changing i don't just automatically love everything that they do but whereas like when you have a loved one a partner you know a spouse or something you're like i love you and everything that you could do richer poorer sickness health better worse and that's the thing that i feel now with my girlfriend One zero exactly <laughs> that's the thing that i have not specific i'm like many relationships i've been in i've been like this one feels different and I'm like, but this one feels different. And I understand these things more now. Like, you know, the worst, my summer camp that I went to growing up uh, that I loved, uh, and it was this magical experience where I didn't have a great school life, but this camp life where, man, I finally understood that people could be caring and loving and I accepting. I that very much. And that became like the worst day at camp was better than the best day not at camp. Yeah, and that's the way too. I feel in my relationship now and just in life now. I'm like the the worst that I experience yeah, now. Compliment. Valerie feels like summer camp. It's very nice. Summer camp was coming home for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I was thinking about all these. I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not the hero. Like I'm, you know, or I'm the hero and the villain. I'm everything. I'm, right, you know, right. the one and the zero. Well, that's and that's Thich and so then I, I tell, I talk about this on stage sometimes too, but the experience like lasted for hours and seemed like longer. And I was, it was just, it was, uh, our friend Zach was there. That was his first time doing it. And afterwards, you're over there having a terrible time. He had this transcendent experience. He had a great one. He did. I mean, it was, his did first... you keep it to yourself? You're like, cool, buddy. I mean, yeah, I'll dur- be back here with Tim who I stole $5 from in third grade. I'm sorry, Tim. During the experience, you're told to not speak and not touch people because let's allow everyone to have their own individual meditative experience mm. because you don't know what, what things are going to be brought up for people and right. what, how you might affect that. So, right. Um, all you hear is, you know, the guide chanting these song-like mantras or mantra-like songs called Ikaros. And then other people play instruments sometimes or sing. Ikaro doesn't fly too close to the sun. No. I like you. (laughs) Not that joke. Yeah, I I love all your work up till now. (laughs) You just put out a new one. I did. I just put out a new one. When's your new one coming out? Uh, It just did. It flew too close. <laughs> it flew too close to the sun. Ikaro flew too close to the Icarus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And so eventually I like I went to the bathroom and the whole time I hadn't been going to the bathroom because I I had the idea and I say on stage I'm like what if they're like married the bliss and the pain what if I need them both what if they are mm. you know the, inextricably linked and then I went and I uh let everything out of my body and then I came back and I was like oh the bliss is still here so I guess I could have done that many hours ago but Oh so you pooped out the pain? Yeah. Uh, but it seems like it was a necessary... Poop was- the pain away. <laughs> Poop the pain away. It sounds like Fraggle Rock. Yeah, down Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Poop the pain away. Uh, what was your name? Oh, Grumpy. Yeah. Grumpy. Uh, Grumpy I visits. made a crossover cameo. That's nice. <laughs> this cave's too small. Oh, oh Grumpy. Uh, <laughs> so at the end of the experience, I was, it was sort of like a resistance workout, you know, where sometimes I talk about this analogy. Do you ever put your, push your wrists against the doorway? Yeah, and then you move them you, away. And you can fly. I it watched seems like. Mr. Wizard. Oh, yeah. And so this was like pushing my consciousness against that, you know, that hole, that doorway. And then finally at the end of it, I was like, oh. And then I like sort of had a breakdown session with, Z- like, oh, what was your experience? What was your experience? And, uh, and now then it became, you know, a beloved memory. Like you loving Grumpy from earlier, me loving Pained Mike from earlier. And, you know, not, again, like a, not letting a murderer off the hook, not letting myself who caused people pain off the hook, but just being like, this is... This is part of the life experience of me. This is part of what I'm experiencing. And then from that point on, Enjoy I don't. Enjoy everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember, you know, every, uh, every ceremony after that point. But there's one that I wanted to talk about where a lot of times the shape of it would be it starts with anxiety because it's unknown. I'm like, what is this one going to be? What am I going to see? What am I going to contend with? It's what? never the same. No. I love it if I can. You may. That's one of the mushroom things, too, is like no matter – I always say the same thing. We say, I can't believe we didn't think it was kicking in. And then I always say, there's no way to, to describe this. And I love being there. That's one of my favorite things is being in a space where you're like, I can't tell you what's happening right now. Yeah. You know what else is like it? Killing at stand-up mm-hmm. or being in love. Is you get off stage after doing stand-up and you feel like you're on this, like there's a crystal from Superman's ice house from your belly button up to the crown of your head and it's glowing and humming, and you're just talking to some- someone's like, should I call an Uber? And you're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, call an Uber. But you're acting like, and that's what mushrooms is. You're just like, I'm here, and it feels very, very special. One time I was on mushrooms with a girlfriend about 10 years ago, and we were at the beach, and uh, she was like, I want a boogie board. And I'm like, do you want me to give you $10 so you can go buy a boogie board on the boardwalk? Do you want this $10? And she's like, I want a board. <laughs> and then we, we walked together to the store and we're like, a board? We just put money. We're like, you take this. <laughs> like, this, this isn't a board. That's funny. But we give you this yeah. and you give us board. Yes, this represents <laughs> something somewhere. Yeah, May. Yeah. We all have faith in money. Yeah. That's so funny. I remember. T- Nick Thune and I took mushrooms and we swam to an outdoor music festival because it's happening across a lake. Prove it. We came out. Yeah, that's so funny. We came out and we were like, we didn't have any money, obviously. And I kept going, well, I'm sorry, we came from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> That's delightful. And they were like, and the people gave us. It was like picnicking people, and they gave us beer, of course, and they gave us like maybe some food, and we were just like, you're like mer people, exactly. And they must have known something was up, but I was like, you're just gonna give this to me. It meant so much. Oh yeah, it sounds very like Burning Man. 
It was very Burning Man. A community. Yeah, exactly. So, we came yeah. from the dust. <laughs> yeah. We did. Yeah. We did come from the dust and, in the sea. And I think that's where we returned. Oh, it seems like. Oh, boy. We're dust now. That's true. Um, Stardust. So <laughs> sometimes the anxiety exists, and then, like the same thing with mushrooms can be, after a certain point, you push through, you're, you are brought through, you're... You are eventually in the other place. You are in the mindset, the mind space, the head area, the consciousness of the experience. And then it is sometimes in a way that is similar to other times and different than other times. Like, oh, I'm back here. Mm -hmm. I'm in this experience. This is familiar and maybe new. That's one of the things I tell people when they're having bad trips. Yeah. Is I go, you're all, if I'm not on mushrooms, I go, you're always here. Oh, where I am. That's good. And you wanted to go there. Yeah. And you won't be there very long. So enjoy it while you're there because you're always here. That's beautiful. And it reminds me, this is very valuable, a thing that the guide, my guide has said about ayahuasca and also about it's everything. Every emotional experience, mm-hmm. every mushroom trip, every like life. He says the effects come and the effects go. Mm. And that's it. This rem- shell bath. Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, another thing, and don't yeah. resist. That's in life yeah. too. Is oh, yeah. is say yes to whatever it is. Let go or be dragged. Let go or be dragged. Let go is better. Yeah. Oh, I prefer let go. Let go is very frightening, though. Mm. I've been on mushrooms where I'm like, I think if I let go, oh yeah, I won't come back. But and you, you will. have to go. Yeah. You will. And also, eventually, you'll be gone. Uh, in in the grandest scheme of things, the right. you, the wave that you are, will be back in the ocean. Right. Do you know this thing? Uh, my guide said it to me, but then I, I looked up, and it might be like Oscar Wilde or somebody. He says, uh, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Oh, beautiful. It's really nice. So that's the experience. That kind of nice feeling is that where I— That goes back to the arc towards justice. Oh, yeah. I often end up <laughs> in this meditative ayahuasca headspace that is familiar to me. And there was a, a period of time, maybe a year or two ago— when I did a ceremony on a Friday afternoon, and I had a show at night, and I was like, I'm going to do this thing, and then I, I think the time will be okay for me to come down and be myself and do this show. But I was a little, I was worried, that was one of the anxieties at the beginning. I was like, I think I can do everything, but I have no control. Right. So I let, but, and it all worked out fine. And then two nights later, I did another ceremony at night, normal, normally they're at night, like, you know, starting around like 8, 9, 10, and then go several hours into the early morning. And I had nothing to do, nothing to do that day, nothing to do the next day. I was like, perfect. This is the way to do it. Relaxed, calm, contemplative, meditative. Mm. And I went in feeling like perfectly calm. And then I descended into anxiety. It was just the exact mm. reverse. And I was like, but this isn't supposed to be happening. Right. This isn't. Th-. And then the only, the moments that I had of clarity, I was like, who said it's not supposed to be happening? Who said you're not supposed to be suffering? Who said you're not supposed to be in pain? Like, was there, there's no promise. There's no guarantee. There's no right. obligation. There's no mandate. Right. And in those moments where I could be like, oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to be feeling good. That made me feel good. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like meditation. The app helps me with that as well, where it's like, if, there, if there's resistance, like the stress and anxiety, not all of it, but a lot of it can come from a di- the differential, the discrepancy in where you are and where you think you should be or where you want to be. Right. And if you're just like, here is where I am, then that eliminates at least one of the problems. And that, that's what Ramdas says about death. He's like, when you stop seeing death as some sort of failure, when you see it, what he calls it taking off a tight shoe, hmm. which you've worn well, he goes, all of that energy that you were using in denial of death can be used to experiencing life. 
And I was like, that, yeah. you're like freeing up Ram. Ha! You know what I'm saying? Das. Oh, there he is. Ring the dinner bell. Do you so know what was the one you want? Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, you just reminded me. The, the way that... Ram does. So, you son of a bitch. I understand that I am capable of doing such things, as are you. Yeah. Uh, the way, you know, the word fun that I have become, in some circles, known for. Yeah. Do you know, you know Ramin Nazer? Hmm? Oh, Ramin Nazer. His comic books are on sale here, and they're wonderful and beautiful, and I'm going to get you one. What are they? Uh, they are very, there's one called... After You Die, where each page is a different version of what could happen after you die. Oh, like the book Some. Uh, one is called uh, I Think I Love Everyone, and it's about, it starts with a kid being like, I hate my brother. And it's like, do you want him to be hurt? It's like, no, I just want him to leave me alone. Well, then you love him. And then getting progressively worse. <laughs> uh, and you, how I eventually, I love everyone. Wow. Uh, and a few other ones. Ramin is also, he's a wonderful stand-up. He lives out here. He, you know, his Instagrams are beautiful. And the reason I'm bringing it up, oh yes, one of his Instagram posts. They're these beautiful, colorful, like rainbow, psychedelic Wait, type things. I feel like you might know him. Does he have one where he goes, "I know I'm this and not this"? Yes, I just can't prove it. That's correct. I follow him on Instagram. Oh yeah, that's right. So one of his Instagrams is he has this like rainbow, this character that looks like he's made of rainbows, and he's walking. And then there's like a, a just a blank character who like points at him and is like, "Hey, you're that blue guy, right?" Oh wow. I love that. So, I'm that blue guy, and I'm also that rainbow guy. Wow, all of the things, and we all are. We're all we're all rainbow people. But every once in a while, you know, we only somebody can only Which see. Which is funny because yeah. part of our jobs as stand ups is saying I, I, I'm mostly blue, so I'm blue. Yeah. Hey, I don't work blue here. Ah, uh, but you have to. I'm rainbow guy because you're blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes. Yeah, Picasso was that blue guy. Um, <laughs> For a time. Sorry, that blue guys. Um, ah. <laughs> The blue guys, G U I S E. Okay, that's. Let's get back to. Oh let's get. God. Let's stop having fun and get real. <laughs> let's start. Let's get real fun. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yeah, did you have a question? Uh, you said there was one trip you wanted to tell me. Oh, that was the one where I learned that where it was sort Pain of the was okay. the inverse. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Real time acknowledgement, Acknow- soul consciousness, seeing yourself going like I like I I noticed I was having some anxiety lately and i was just kind of like okay like what what is it come or be dragged uh let go let go or be dragged yeah and i just let go to it and that's been a a huge thing to me always it's been like there's a problem fix it and now through meditation through different things there's a problem and you just kind of go like far out i'm a human experiencing very like, you're oh, yeah. saying the past is all faded. I can look back on past anxieties and be like, man, I or, or like, let's say you smoke pot and get paranoid. It becomes a funny story later. Oh, yeah. To be like, I thought the, the traffic chopper was the FBI. And imagine, <laughs> if you can imagine in the moment the funny story later, then it can become that's, a funny story that's now. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Is realizing that all of the stories are being told by someone and being heard by something. There was... One other ceremony I'll In tell you. you about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you know. Here's, oh, yes. I'm making sure Troy <laughs> in St. Clair, Wisconsin. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Thanks, Troy. Troy just dropped his joint. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a ceremony I did uh, a couple years ago when uh, a girlfriend at the time was moved. We were moving in together and we were looking for a place. And it was like right before the 4th of, it was like 4th of July weekend. 
and we were trying to find a place like by sometime that month. And we'd looked at a few places and they weren't perfect. And so I was like feeling, you know, a little bit of the, the stress of like, what will happen? Mm-hmm. And then it was the weekend. It was 4th of July. So it's like, can't do anything about it right now. Like everything's closed. Realty offices, like just forget about it. And there was a ceremony. I'm like, I'm going to do the ceremony and I'll just, you know, feel, I'll see what happens. You know, I, I won't think about this stuff. And that ended up being a large part about of what I was thinking about. Because you can't, sometimes I say go in with intentions, go in with questions. The guide that I have said basically says, uh, go in with no expectations and it will show you, you will experience what you need mm. in that moment. Mm. Which kind of like, I bet how you do stand up sometimes, you can have a set list and then you can go in and Isn't that what will happen will happen. Yeah. And that's the, the most fun, the, the best, the best sets, my most fun sets. Are, All you can offer is your presence. Yeah. Have a plan and don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I went in and here's like the way that I talk about it. Sometimes my, my ex-girlfriend from earlier, uh, from lunch and looking into her boyfriend's eyes, she coined, she's done ayahuasca as well and coined the term death coaching. Like sometimes ayahuasca is about life coaching and sometimes it's about death coaching. Like the Ram Dass stuff you just said about taking off the tight shoe, that's like the kind of death coaching stuff that like I don't fear death the way that I once did. Right. And the life coach, this, this trip though was about life coaching because I had this life experience, my, you know, linear moving forward in time person needing to find a place to rent in a certain period i was like what's gonna happen i'm i'm afraid i'm afraid in this moment like i know if i zoom out every it's like eventually i'm nothing and i don't need a place when i'm dust die i just be any i don't have I'm to pay rent home. yeah pay rent yeah dust is always home. always yeah dust is always home and we are dust so we're always home yeah so rom dust <laughs> see you can do it <laughs> so in the experience i remember thinking like What's going to happen? What if I don't find a place? Well, I guess then I just stay in my old place a month longer and pay more than I want. Or I leave it and go stay with my mom. Or I stay on somebody's couch or get a hotel or find a smaller place than I want or a more expensive, bigger place than I want. And my brain was just like, here's all the possible things that literally it'll 100% be one of these things. Right. I have... Too many people that have homes that I know that I, I won't be on the street, thankfully. I'm very fortunate. I'm very privileged in that way. And so I was like, so what? I'm like, some of these options are better than others, some of, but none of them are scary. So what am I scared? It's, it's one of 10 not scary things. Right. So why am I scared? Just because I don't know what not scary thing it's going to be. Right, right, right. And that helped me. For ed- anything that happens, I'm like, am I going to get that thing? Well, if I don't then that's fine. I didn't get that thing before. Right, right, right. I was fine. For some reason, it reminds me of, I had a girlfriend who used to scream at me and my therapist, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now, was like, why don't you just leave? And I was like, and he didn't mean the relationship. He leave the he room. Went. He was like, if someone's screaming at you and they're being really bad, um, just leave. And he always would say this, I'm going to bounce. Ha! Like, I know that this is fine. And I'm not talking about like you... I mean, sometimes you need to hear somebody out. I'm talking about, like, unreasonable yeah. rage. And he was like, hey, I'll never forget. He goes, you have a credit card? I'm like, yeah. You have a car? Yeah. Go to a hotel. Because we basically live together. Yeah. He was like, just go to a hotel. And I was like, he's right. But let's say you don't have a credit card or a car. Just go for a walk. Leave. Like, go. You're free. You have agency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you that- don't have to suffer some- sometimes. That's what I would say to hecklers as well. You could just leave the club. You know what's funny? 
One of the ways that I'm noticing that I'm an asshole, and I don't even mean a bad asshole. I just mean like... You're a good asshole. I can be a good asshole. (laughs) One of the ways that I'm an asshole is if I tell a joke and it's cheesy, you're going to love this joke, actually. I I go, corn maze? I hope you don't have this joke. I go, corn maze? That's redundant. You you don't have that. I don't have it, but I I see it. You see it. And and someone went, right? And I go, this is how I'm an asshole. I go... I'd prefer you just sit one out. You don't have to make that noise. Oh, yeah. But I'll say it in the show. Oh, yeah. Val thinks it's cool. (laughs) I think it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm sorry. But, like, I can't. I can't have people. Or the just, no. Like For this time, I'm going to tell us how to be. And that'll be the, that's what we'll call the show. (laughs) You came here to listen to. You you didn't know that you agreed to this, but literally anything that I say or do. Right. I, I I get to do it. Then there's other times where I'm kind of like, yeah, that's a fine way to participate. But I don't know. Where I overreact, that's where my work is. Sometimes when I start a set uh, with riffing and, you know, absurd things and just being in the moment and having fun. And usually there are people enjoying it. Uh, but then sometimes there are other people, you know, looking a different way, yep. like being confused. Yep. I will say, you know, if you're, I, I obviously appreciate for people who are enjoying what's happening. Uh, if you are not, you are also, yeah, your experience is valid. Uh, totally. I get that. Is that what valid is short for? Valid? Yeah. <laughs> Dimitri Martin, I once saw him bombing at the Boston because everybody bombs at the Boston. He said, uh, I'm not, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And I had never seen a comedian just concede I also remember a story Mulaney told me where he saw somebody at Stand Up New York crushing. I wish I could remember who it was. There was one person. Let's say Dimitri Martin. Ha! It's one person in the front row not laughing. And he leans forward to him, like really kind of conspicuous. He's under the lights, people can see him. And he's crushing. And in the wave of laugh, he leans forward to that guy off mic and goes, I agree with you, but we're outnumbered. (laughs) That's beautiful. Isn't that good? Mike DiStefano, you know? Yeah. uh, Once told me. Uh, and I don't know that I agree with this 100%, but I like it a lot, and so that's why I'm sharing it. He says, uh, why is it that you know if we look at the comments on a YouTube video or on a post, some kind of social media offering, there could be 99 positive ones and one negative one, and that's the one that we focus on. And he says, because that's the one that we agree with. That's funny. Uh, and You're waiting to be called out. Yeah. You're waiting for someone to point out that what we think it is, it isn't. But I might also add, like, the an analogy to a restaurant. Imagine that killing comedian is a chef, and everyone in the audience is enjoying his delicious food, and the person, one person who doesn't, is just like, I don't like olives. Right. And he's like, me neither, man, but, uh, right. but I'm a great olive chef. Right, 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 right. That's a very nice way to put it. Um, are you still polyamorous? Yes. It sounds like you're not an atheist anymore. Uh, I don't say that I'm an atheist anymore. Interesting. Yeah. I know I just threw that polyamory thing in there. Sure. But let's finish the God thing. Um, although I noticed that you said atheism as one of the holes, which is how I view it. Sure. There's a way to deeply trip out on atheism. A thing that, uh, I like, and I talk about on stage a little bit is, uh, a Niels Bohr quote, which is something like the opposite of a small truth is a lie. But the opposite of a great truth is often another great truth. Mm. And so I think that, you know, an example that I have for myself is like, you know, be yourself, but also always be changing and growing. Mm. Uh, Or like, you know, love yourself, but also love others. You know, that Mm. there's these opposite things that can be true. And I think that 
there is a truth the same way that, you know, we are this, there's a thing from the Talmud that I like also that Zach shared me. Uh, shared me? Sure, why not? Uh, Zach Sherwin. Um, <laughs> thank you. He, I didn't say that came from Boar's Head. <laughs> Who was it? Thomas Boar? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Niels. Niels. Niels yes, Boar. Yes. Wow. Boar's. That's good. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, I like that a lot. <laughs> not that I don't like anything else that you've yeah, said yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot, but I, I do like that a lot. <laughs> Boar, <laughs> Niels Boar's Head. Uh, good, good stuff comes out good. of Boar's Head. So. Uh, the Talmud has in it, uh, you know, a, I, I'm not even sure I, I talk about it on stage. I'm like the, you know, a, a book of Jewish wisdom that I'm not even sure if it is a book, but I know it contains questions like, is the Talmud a book? And <laughs> it contains this, this piece of, uh, wisdom or advice that like everyone have a piece of paper in each of your two pockets, have on one side, one that says this world was created for you and have the other say you are nothing but ash and dust. Mm. And those are two great truth opposites like that there's always things bigger there's always things smaller you're part of you're you're you're, yeah godzilla and the virus you're nothing and you're everything you're zero and you're one Mm. and so that is how atheism and like pantheism or panentheism like where everything is god and some people be like well if everything is god then nothing is god and that's fair you can have that perspective but also the same way that if every day is special for the jehovah's witnesses well then no day is special but no every day can be special in a different way everything can be special it's both and thinking yes exactly it's third way thinking yes yeah and so that is and that's where god is yes he's not in the cupboard next to the triscuits he's He's, he's there too i know ah but what I'm yeah, saying you, did is, you, you didn't look hard enough. <laughs> what I'm saying is, it's in between ideas. Yes, Ramdas would say it's it's between the words that I'm saying. It can't be spoken. It's in the white parts of the page, yeah. not the print. And when we get there, and one of the things that we're addicted to that makes the game so kinetic and fun and energizing is that we forget and we remember in instantaneously, constantly throughout the day. Yeah, I think of you know us as you know. If you don't want to say God, say everything. Say the all. Say the universe. Say, right. You know, it doesn't matter what word you use. The pulse, we, the source. We are part of, yeah. you know, from the Big Bang where everything was in one point and now it's all spread out, but it's all the that's same it. everything. The singularity or God. And that to me was a huge epiphany. And that's what Rob Bell's show, Everything is Spiritual Part 2, which I think you can watch on YouTube for free, is about. Is He's like, there was a point of mass. Science agrees on this. There was everything. This is their theory. And we're agreeing. And, and it's so moving. He goes, in there was you, you getting braces. In there was your grandfather's cancer. Like it was all in there. Yeah. And then whew, it expanded. And that's what Richard Rohr says. That's the birth of consciousness or Christ. And, and there are people like Jesus that were so in tune with it that they represented it and spoke for it. That's why when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches – He's, he's speaking as Christ. He's speaking as the thing that banged bigly. <laughs> he's not talking about – we mistook that as – I would say we mistook that as Jesus saying, I am the – Jesus of Nazareth is the only way. He's saying there's only one way. Oh, yeah. And I'm speaking as it because you needed to hear. And then – but you're the branches on the vine. But the vine and the branches are the same thing. Yeah. The uh, the other thing about science – and magic. We're on cocaine, by the way. For yeah. everyone listening, yeah. we just did a lot of cocaine. I mean, all, we are all the cocaine. We're all, uh, we're all, we're all dust. Well, dust is always home. Do you know uh, 
so the idea that no matter or energy is ever created or destroyed, that's a scientific idea. Yeah. And that's the thing that helps me, like, the same way that ayahuasca has helped me not fear death by thinking, like, I used to be afraid, I'm not going to exist. But then I was like, I was like, I've never done that before. But I was like, oh, actually, I did. I Hella you did, you know. For a long time. Long, long, almost all of it. Way longer than you did. And so this is a place where, and now, but the stuff that makes up my body, the matter, the energy, the space, the non-space. The, but the question is the consciousness, though. Oh, but yes, but that, that was part of, the consciousness was part of everything and will be part of everything. Not in this form. I think about it as like, you're, you're sitting down, you have a lap. You stand up, you don't have a lap. You well, still have legs. That's the mountain and the valley. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the valley exists because of the mountain. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think I'm hearing you. Yes. And so here's another thing I like uh, that I believe. Oh, yeah. So Niels Bohr, another story that I heard about Einstein visiting his home mm. and seeing that there was a horseshoe over his door. And he's like, what are you doing? You're a man of science. Like, why do you have a horseshoe? You don't believe in that stuff, do you? And he says, oh, no, no, no. I don't believe in it. But they say it works even if you don't believe in it. <laughs> and that's the thing. And then I heard that years ago. And then this year I read a thing that Neil deGrasse Tyson said. And he said, the great thing about science is that it's it true yeah. whether or not you believe in it. Right. And I'm like, he's saying that about science. And Niels Bohr said that about luck, magic. And I'm like, they're the same. Well, Einstein said it about luck. No, no. Bohr told Einstein. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. It came from Bohr's head. It's very thinly sliced. <laughs> It all it all is and can be very lean, very lean. Uh, but yeah, so that is those are my my thoughts on God. Is that now like I like the idea that God is everywhere, you know? Yeah. Which I don't know if there's a specific religion that says that, but that's an idea that I got. And I'm like, oh, if God is everywhere, then that means that I am part of it because I am I'm one I'm one of the parts of everywhere, right? And so and we all are, and everything is, and so like just that ayahuasca is you know, the vine is also a vine divine, uh, the sacred plant, divine. Uh, and that anything it's not a sacred plant more sacred than anything else anything can be as sacred as we make it anything can be you know fodder for a joke or art or a song or anything uh anything you know anything well, that we William focus Blake on seeing the universe in a grain of sand sure you know what i mean these people that focus long enough on a candle flame and you see everything in that candle flame absolutely yes so that's interesting that's fun mm -hmm. i i didn't I'm I'm kind of pleased with myself. I had no need for you to come to my side, your side, but it is fun to watch evolution in any way or de-evolution, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's all our side. Yes, exactly. It's all our side. I mean, and it's sort of like I view the world as, you know, human beings at least as, you know, you start out as a child and then you learn some things and then there are certain adults who are still, I mean, we're all, all we're all also always children. We're all, you know, learn eventually children that are like oh there's so much more to learn as opposed to you know the child who thinks like i i got it you know i learned i learned all the verbs and how they work and we're like well that one works different oh that's hey you, you told me you told me otherwise would you say it was ayahuasca that changed your mind um it was definitely a large part of it mm -hmm. um one time zach said after his first or is zach an atheist uh, i forget i don't know how to I, I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking for him. Well, he did the podcast. We can go back and listen. You can. <laughs> but here's what, here's what he said uh, after an ayahuasca ceremony once. Uh, what we, had, he, we, saw, we see these things, and they, we don't know if they look the same to us, but we describe them similarly, like sort of this, you know, wall or surrounding of, like, hieroglyphics and, like, you know, ins and outs and shapes and colors and whatever it is that appears in different ways to different people at different times. 
uh, and he coined the term for it, the pattern. And the pattern represents, you know, existence, consciousness, the world, the universe, everything, and that we are part of it. You know, like Alan Watts says, we don't come into the world, we, we come, come out, out of it. it. And so we, you know, everything was, we weren't, our bodies, we weren't the wave of the universe ocean that we become. And then we do, we bulge into existence. And then, you know, there's you over, your part of it over there, but it's all connected at the bottom. My part of it over here, we're all connected at the bottom. And then there are certain points where you look into the eyes of a person that you love, or you commune with an audience that you ha- make have this connective experience where you connect at the top as well as at the bottom. And that's part of, part of life is seeking those moments of learning that you can have those moments of being like, oh, yeah, we are, I'm not me, I'm everything, I'm from everything, I am of everything. And and then at the end of your this body's life, you recede back into the everything you still are part of and always are, are just there, the universe always continually, yeah, uh, reincarnating itself into where, a different form. Where could I go? And so I remember Zach saying something like, which I've incorporated because I like it a lot, but I always give credit to the, the Zach bulge of consciousness mm. over there. Uh, that he said, if somebody asked me, you know, what, what do you think happens? Do you, how, what do you believe happens when we die? He'd say, I definitely don't know. But if I do know, then it's exactly this. Exactly this bulging in and out of the oh, universal pattern consciousness. Yes. Yeah, I yes. see. The this that already was. This, I love when the waves get pulled back into the ocean and they spread out and there's that sizzle. Oh, yeah. It's... This testament. That testament. These testaments. These testaments we hold to be self-testament. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that's uh, that's God. And how long have you been polyamorous for? Uh, technically, I would say only the past year and a half oh, I or thought, so. No, last time you did it, you were. I have. I probably talked about polyamory, but I, I've all. Oh I've been wait, a- you were like I, I remember another thing. One thing you said was that you were an atheist, and if this is all there is, then this is all there is. And that this this world can be heaven and beautiful, which right. is also true. Also true, yes. Uh, no, I don't think you contradicted yourself. You've just kind of changed I've, your I've got more, yeah. You've got more now. Um, but I remember also you saying, like, I, I'm on the lookout for somebody that appreciates this perspective. And you were like, in doing podcasts like this, I'm getting the word out. <laughs> um, and so here's the... Since for about the past 10 years, I've been on, you know, an evolution from monogamy to polyamory with stops along the way, steps along the way uh, of like there's different kinds of open relationships that are not polyamorous. Like you could be socially monogamous, but, you know, have a threesome once a year and that's not polyamory. Or you could be swingers and that's not polyamory. Like polyamory. Uh, I'm open to everybody. I mean, it it could be different forms. Sometimes it could be a triad of people who all three love each other. It could be, you know, a married couple where each person has a a partner on the side or multiple partners, but they don't all interact. It could be a quad. It could be it could be one person who is solo polyamorous where or there's a thing called relationship anarchy where the same way that you have friends you might not have a hierarchy of all your friends and be like my best my second best my third best my fourth best Mm -hmm. you can but that's not required of friends be like this is my friend who this is our relationship this is the specific you and i have this relationship and you don't have to judge it as more or less valuable right we're like this is us you might see some people more you might care about some people you know, in a different way, but it's all different. And so that's relationship anarchy is where just each relationship 
is not hierarchical. It's, and you don't, don't necessarily have a primary partner. Right now, I do have a primary partner. I live with my girlfriend. I love my girlfriend. I want to keep being with my girlfriend. And also, she does like hearing about other people that I care about and other people that I meet and might uh, involve myself with. Whereas in the past, my last girlfriend, we had like a don't ask, don't tell, where it wasn't as, like the machinery wasn't mostly, wasn't more set up for other relationships and other important connections or valuable connections where if I met somebody and I had a crush and I wanted to explore that and develop it, it was, but don't ask, don't tell. Like that was strange to not share. Don't you ask, know. don't tell sounds gross. I mean, not it, gross. Yeah. I get it, but it sounds like. And we probably don't want to do this, right? <laughs> it, for when it when it was a long distance thing, it worked very well. Or when I was, you know, I go on the road and whatever happens is great, and it's just a one time thing, and that's cool. And then she can have those things, and we don't. We're just like we love each other, and just have your fun, and have your life, and have your privacy. And so I don't think there's there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, I learned in that last relationship that polyamory, where I'm like being able to be fully open and communicative with all the people that I want to be involved with from, you know, starting now from my girlfriend and then also other people who have heard me talk. I, like there's a person who I see sometimes who is polyamorous partially because she heard me talk about it on a podcast and she's like, that's good. So she and her boyfriend of five years now live together and have date nights once or twice a week with other people. And so, and that's great. And so now it's, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm here. I'm like with comedy, with my career, like, of course I'll keep making things and keep doing things, but I don't have, I'm not coming from as much of a place of like want or need or lack. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to get there. Uh, I'm like, I am where I am and I feel good about it. And I'm grateful for where I've been. And I'm full of limitless possibilities for the future or limited possibilities, but possibilities. And with the relationship, I'm like, I'm here. I'm happy. I'm glad that each day adds another moment to the story, adds another page to the book, adds, you know, just more, it's it's interesting to think about like you know that my my love feels infinite but then also tomorrow there's more you know <laughs> like right now I'm containing li- as much love as possible and as much memory and as much connectedness and then tomorrow there's another layer mm. uh and so and that's all with my girlfriend and then also you know if I meet new people uh or have other beloved like friends who I've known for years or uh, people I've been connected to in various ways that I see in different parts of the country at different times. Like, it's all, anything now is possible and acceptable. And my girlfriend wants me to have, uh, you know, all the experiences that I want to have. And I want her to have all the experiences that she wants to have. And if there's ever a time that those conflict in any way, like if there's a person that, you know, or a situation where that rubs somebody, you know, slightly away, they don't want to be rubbed. Uh, then we'll talk. We, we we talk about it uh, as much as we want and need, and it it connects us further. Wow! So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Will you and Valerie marry us? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. We, we, that it's a little soon. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have to get it. I, I talk about it, it enough. Valerie and I are what I call psychologically open, which mm-hmm. is our interpretation of the freedom that you're describing without sure. any action necessary oh yeah there's of course there i knew yeah. you would understand that yeah that's beautiful i no. say what you were gonna say though i didn't mean to, i just know oh. you get it yeah i i was just going to say that of course there's no action necessary right. that's like some people it's funny i'll tell you know I, i'll go on a another comedian's podcast to I, which I, degree I, does the delusion serve us uh, that's what oh, i would say the ooh. delusion of commitment and this is a thing and and there are rules to the game 
Great. In the way that that serves us, we hold on to it. In the way that it doesn't, we let it wash over us. And similarly, like, I mean, that reminds me of the delusion of beginning comedy where I was like, I'm worthwhile. I'm funny. I have things totally. to share. Yeah. And that's not true. A lot of delusions serve us. But then, and they serve us to create the reality of the delusion and it becomes right. no longer a delusion. But I say it to Val, I say to Val, I only want good for you. And that's completely true. Yes. And when we first started being together, it, it you know, for a long time we were long distance, so there were other people and that was, that was groovy and fine. But um, now it's, it's more of an ideology. But yeah. I, I hold it in my heart. I only want good for her. Of course. Cause I, and I've said a million times, I resent the idea that if she did have some sort of whim or fling, that she wouldn't tell me about it. Mm-hmm. And that would hurt my feelings. Oh, or yeah. that I wouldn't love her through that. Of course. Any sort of, and we all do our best with unconditional love, but I, I am her best friend and I am her sole partner and I'm on her side. And I, I, I really just kind of resent that there's this one zone that's like, but you did something that if I took five minutes to think about it, I would completely understand because carnal desire is overwhelming and w- we've made it into this horrible, ugly thing. And, and when I put it to myself, she, she understands too. But that's, that's how I enjoy it. That's our non-polyamorous polyamory sure. thought experiment. It's, that makes a lot of sense. And the thing that uh, – first a joke and then a serious thing. <laughs> Sounds like you ought to have a lot of Val, you – in your life. That's hilarious. Um, there is a lot of me and Val. Yes. So Val and you. Uh, and <laughs> the thing that is more real that I want to say, which is more important, and I should have said it sooner before I forgot it, but uh, the idea of, oh, yes. So Catherine is my girlfriend, hmm. uh, and she is my partner, and, you know, and we live together, and I love our life, and I want, you know. It's, I've loved it up until now, and I plan to. I, want, I, think, I feel the way that I do now, and I want to feel that way tomorrow, and I think I will. And then we'll just keep moving forward and knowing ourselves and checking in with ourselves and each other and you know, giving each other the space and time and everything that we need and having sort of like you know, our, our paths moving forward like in tandem a lot of times or splitting off and then meeting up again, whatever it is. And so I have that love. And then also, like, I think about, like, I love Zach. You know, Zach is a person I've known, been good friends with for at least the past decade and have known for another decade beyond that. And, like, he is a person who I talk to uh, on the phone most days, like, and sometimes multiple times, sometimes for a long time. Like, he's the person who I talk to the most regularly, like, more than my biological family, Mm -hmm. um, who I talk to about once a week. Mm -hmm. And, And that is a love. That is a, you know, there is an intimacy there. There is a beauty that... Uh, Catherine loves also, and like sometimes, like she she knows Zach, and we right. all talk sometimes, right. and right. Right. and it's it would be like laughable in a way. I mean, there are some people who have could be jealous of that kind of thing, even a non romantic, non sexual right. that kind of intimacy. Be like, but that is isn't it's, our thing, intimacy. And I'm like, our it doesn't. It's they're not on the same. Right. Plain. That intimacy even informs and fuels my intimacy with you. Yes, I love you. Like I have a an, uh, an old friend who was in a uh, an open marriage, and they were under the uh, their delusion that w- their true delusion was like love begets love. That's true. the The more loving you are, the more loving you can be. It's not a pie that there is a limited amount of. There is a limited amount of time, but I wouldn't. You know, Catherine wouldn't say you can't talk to Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's we, preposterous. Us. Yeah, that I, I'm totally on board with you. When I used to be obsessed with polyamory, uh, that was one of my thoughts. Was like that, like 
I have many deep, loving relationships in my life. And if Val was like, I want you to stop hanging out with that person, that I would laugh in their face. That would not be... But as soon as penises and vaginas make appearances, I think one of the... I think maybe the biggest one you have to get over or maybe I'm just talking about myself, is the idea that you're going to <laughs> have sex with somebody and fall in love because of chemical things. Like you're going to like be so infatuated with somebody that like – I think that's the fear that a lot of people have, that you're playing with fire or whatever. I understand and uh, I would say – here's a couple things I would say. Number one, like take penises and vaginas out of it for a moment. Think about you know if Val – was like, you can never get a massage. I don't want you feeling joy from another person touching you. That would also be laughable because yeah, that's yeah. not necessarily, uh, you know, talking about a non-sexual, non-sensual massage. Yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of things that we do that make ourselves feel good. These are rules. Good. Which, when does the delusion serve us? And, and there yeah. we go, well, it doesn't serve us. I want a massage. <laughs> and also the thing that you just said about, you know, the idea of, you know, sex isn't always connected with love, but also, like, we're allowed, like, Catherine could fall in love with someone else, and that's allowed. Right. I'm allowed to fall in love with someone else, and it doesn't mean but I'm not. But that's what I mean, yeah. like, the bromantic side of things. Oh, yeah. Like, Val teases me how much I love Rob. Sure. Rob Bell, who I've already referenced. Like, it's such a loving relationship that, it, of course, it's not sexual, but it feels deep in that good way. Yeah. And... You're right. Where these boundaries that we it's like don't murder but if you murder we're we'll, we'll murder you. Yeah. Like we're finding the ways where peace and equanimity and wisdom lies as Rumi said in the field beyond good and bad. Yeah, Dan Savage who I listen to a lot and may yeah. have talked to you about and I love yeah. his Yeah. I actually thought work. of him because he's like I haven't been to a lot of three-way marriage 10-year anniversaries. It's true. I think yeah. that uh, there will be there'll be more coming, but yeah, you think yeah. we're shifting? Uh, yes, I mean, though. Also, obviously, three way marriages are not legal, so I do think that yeah, there will be triads celebrating more. Like, if you also look at the number of two person relationships that break up, like that's it's massive, right? Uh, so, like, to have a scientific study with you know the sample size that we have, very limited. Um, and comparing it to a huge one that's not doing that great itself. And so the thing I was going to say about what Dan says sometimes, when in a monogamous commitment, sometimes a person, sometimes let's say one of the partners is like, I'm done with sex. And the other person's like, but I don't want to be done with sex. But the rules of the monogamy game are, well, then too bad, you agreed. No sex for no, But And so sometimes in that situation, he thinks that, you know, let's say they have children or they have a financial need and there's other things outside. And this person is saying, like, they don't want sex. So sex isn't important to them. So he's like, why are you denying a person a thing that isn't important? Like, what... If if sex isn't important right. for you, then why does why is it so important for this person right, to not right. have it? I just love eating popovers. Well, I don't like them, and I so don't care about them. Nobody can. Yeah, nobody this can is a have no popover house. Yeah, very interesting. And additionally, so sex <laughs> sex doesn't have to mean You're fun. love. I look forward oh. to living on your moon commune. Thank you. <laughs> My calm moon. Commune. Yeah. Calm moon. It's hard to do. Calm moon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, of course. Whenever anyone, whenever anyone actually asks me questions, sort of like the, the fear-based questions about yeah. like, what, but what of this? But what of that? But what of this? But what of that? Here's all of the answers are uh, this. Like if someone's like, but what if what if the person leaves you for another person? Well, 
that can happen in monogamy. But what if, like, it can all, like, I'm sorry I can't guarantee you a future of no pain or loss. But neither can monogamy. Nothing can. And in fact, I think, for me at least, this, I'm less worried about Catherine leaving me for another person because uh, she's allowed to be with another person and not leave me. Right. I think one of the fears, though, is that when we're young and vital and have something to to offer, there's a confident way of being like, well, if she wants to leave me, then she'll be happier somewhere else, and I want good for her, so she should leave me. But the fear, I think, that humans have is that as we age, we get less and less desirable, and one of the ideas of marriage is, even when I suck, you're going to stick with me because we're both going to be in need of help. And I think that that... That agreement and that understanding can also be present in, in this. a polyamorous context. Yeah. 100%. Like, that's what I want. In fact, uh, so I've been with Catherine for about a year and a half, and about six months in, uh, we were seeing other people as well, as is the, the possibility. And one of the people that she was seeing wanted to be monogamous. And we, were, we cared for each other very deeply, but, and we talked about it, and she said she wanted to explore it. And a joke that I tell is, which is just a true thing that a friend was like, that's funny and you should make it a joke. Uh, She said to me, like, I love you, but I want to see where this might go and I can only be with one of you. And so I said in my head, well, if you can only be with one of us, why not pick the one that says you don't have to only be with one of us? (laughs) But I wasn't going to say, like, I see what, you know, like, I don't think that guy is right for you because he is making this demand on you and you don't want that kind of demand being made, but you like these other things about him. But you have to make that, she had to make the decision for herself, and she did, and she she went and was with him because I'm not going to be like, hey, don't go with that controlling mean guy. Stay with me, the controlling nice guy. Like, (laughs) I had to... I had to be okay, literally okay with her leaving, and she did. And she was, and we were apart for three to four months. And she, then she came back. Yeah, he was not good. He was uh, emotionally abusive, and uh, not physically, but definitely not. Yeah, she she was she was a loving, caring, kind, forgiving, generous person who saw the good parts in him, yeah. uh, and wanted those to be more, and wanted to encourage those, mm-hmm. but ultimately. Uh, she was suffering more than succeeding. And you got the happy day that she came back. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, it was a happy day eventually later after the, you know, days of learning what had happened and uh, oh, I see. and experiencing that. But yeah, I mean, again, she became summer camp even on the worst day was the best. <laughs> I was, I was best. kind of sociopathic just then. I was oh. like, but you got the girl. <laughs> I didn't even hear the abuse. Oh, no. But she was back. It's true. I mean, oh, it's we talked about the idea that, like, if when I was... Bef- what I have now is what I want. I love the relationship that we have. And it's, not the, it's more than we had before. Like, we're living together now. We weren't before. Before, we were loving each other from a distance and having our own separate lives. And if I, we imagined, I said this to her, it was like if a, a demon came to me and in that time and said, you want, you want this better thing? You want to be happy with her in living together and more in the richest, deepest love that you've ever felt? I'm like, yeah, why are you saying it like that? Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> why, why are you being this that's, way? That's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, why the tone? It, it'll take. Uh, why did the candles <laughs> blow out when you entered the room? It, it, it'll take a sacrifice. Yeah. Are you willing to? Are you willing for there to be a sacrifice? And I was like, I mean, I get the thing that I want. Definitely, I'll take a sacrifice. And he's like, Well, then she's the one who suffers. I'm like, No, that's not you. And so she right. had. She went through this awful thing that I didn't go. I went through missing her and not being with her, but thinking that she was okay doing what she wanted and only learning later. 
mm. uh, when we were back in touch that it was not an ideal and a far from ideal situation. You texting during? I, I texted her, but he, uh, I think, made her delete my number from her phone. And so in like several months, I did not, re- I like wrote her maybe once a month because she didn't write back. Yikes. Uh, but I have the girl now. <laughs> I have her. She's, She's mine. mine. I have her now. Uh, and she has me. I have to go. Yin yang. Zeros and ones. Zeros and ones, buddy. I'm sorry. Uh, I uh, I understand. I allotted. We've been talking two and a half hours. That's two hours a, and forty minutes. What? What? What happens at the end? Is it? Is it the same? Is it different? We haven't gone anywhere, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what happens at the beginning? <laughs> so wait. Then you don't have to go anywhere. I'm already there. Oh, yeah. I'm late. I'm I'm not late. Um, But I will go. uh, Let me see. Is there anything that I wanted to say? Prayer so... Prayer so close? I have no idea what that means. Prayer so close. Buddy, thank you. Oh, of course. Loved this chat. I also did that. Can I tell you a funny thing? Mm. A final thing? Mm. Do do you do what do you what are your your things at the end now? You I say know. keep it crispy. Oh, but before that, we sometimes there, say what's the hardest time you've laughed. Can I can I tell you that? Mm-hmm. It's it's ayahuasca related. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the ayahuasca ceremony, uh, a chime is rung. The guide then says something almost exactly like this every time. He says, "Well, well." Dear sisters, brothers, we are in the finish of our ceremony for tonight. One more time, I'd like to say thanks to Mother Ayahuasca, for she gives teachings and medicine. One more time, I'd like to say thanks to Mother Earth, for she gives food, home, path, and work. One more time, I'd like to say thanks to our creator of the heaven and the earth, in the freedom way, love, our true master. Thank you so much for coming here tonight, making possible this meeting with ayahuasca, like a meditation. Thank you so much. And that he says that, and one time... He and hear, everyone picks up their puke bucket and sloshes out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, right after he finished that, you know, sincere, genuine thank you, uh, music started playing from his phone. Oh. And it went... That's all, folks. He had it play. On purpose, but it seemed like an accident. And as it, like, waves rolled over everybody in the room, and I was like, what is happened? And then just lost it. It was one of the funniest experiences that I'd ever been a part of. I was singing that song in my car this morning. That makes sense. Old Grumpeet. It wasn't Grumpeet. It's after I pulled out. Oh, yeah. And I, I was like, how did this man, this man's not a comedian. Like, how did you do that? He knew. Oh, yeah. When your consciousness was open, he stepped inside of it and yeah. borrowed some stuff. Oh, yeah. That's all folks. <laughs> That's all. We're all our parents. We're all everybody. Mm. That's all folks. Oh. It's all people. We're all one. That's all folks. Oh, my God. So. Looney tunes. Some of those tunes weren't so loony. Those Icaros, yeah. <laughs> Would uh, you say thank you so much? Of course. Thank you so much for having amazing. me. I what, love, a, what a gift. I love this, and I love you. Seeing as you're being, I love you, buddy. Seeing as you're being more Jewish, what a mitzvah. Uh, I appreciate this. I appreciate it. Ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one of the songs. Would you say keep it crispy? I will do that. Mm. Uh, but but how, how long would you wait here and if I didn't? If I was just like, I'm about to say it, and... Contractually, I have to stay. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Keep it crispy. You keep it crispy. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
Now leaving Nerdist.com.